0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM.
1: The front page of the Echo this morning has what many people believe is happening anywhere because they can see the amount of stuff that's being bought in supermarkets and off-licenses or you can see people running back and forth across the road with boxes of beer and booze and what have you going into houses. So there's a headline on the Echo saying weekend party fears where the guards in Cork are concerned that house parties are being held every weekend across the city and during the weekend they said they got several... Several calls um, about uh, gatherings and houses, local residents contacting the guards themselves after one particular one on the south side where they climbed onto the roof of an extension uh, to party so weekend partying fears Um yes of course we did have a rally in the city on Saturday it wasn't a march it wasn't even a protest, it was a rally, um, now you could say that a rally is a bit like a protest but I'll come back to that because I was there on Saturday um and I'd estimate maybe somewhere in the region of maybe 6-700 people, some are suggesting it might have been upwards of a thousand but I won't say much about that for now because I will be returning to it, but of course over the weekend all of the newspapers and the online news services were talking about what the amount of people that were arrested so i won 't say any more about that until I come back to it in a moment. The rally for truth went off without any problems, no hitches unless you were unless you were a taxi driver because I met a lot of taxi drivers yesterday inside in town who were very annoyed. They couldn't go about their business, uh, mind you. Traffic went up and down Patrick Street all afternoon long. So the Gardy, this was a new, uh, successful trialing of the police strategy um, with regard to you know dealing with protests, dealing with rallies, and dealing with marches. Um, I suppose one way of it being successful was that there were just so many. Guardie present and a helicopter flying around, a heliocopter from mid-morning. The only person that I can see that's being actually a lot more accurate than others with regards to the arrests connected to the lockdown was is Ralph Regal, who correctly says there were only two arrests in the city centre, only two, and one of them was a busker, a fire eater who refused to move. So I won't say much more now, but uh, apart from saying that I believe there was one arrest connected with the uh, rally on Saturday, one you know the others were Limerick Clare Mallow trying to get to so I think it's quite unfair actually the way it was portrayed over the weekend Um, but but also, we have a lot more covid stories making the papers, and it's not good. It has to do with delays in vaccines and issues with regards to the rollout and the different age cohorts that will or won't get it, and how another government and HSE target has been missed because of a shortfall in jabs. In fact, you might be interested to know that the Northern Ireland First Minister, Arlene Foster, makes the star this morning. She's now urging Boris Johnson to give any excess UK vaccines to the Republic of Ireland. In all, in all fairness to her, uh, you know, I mean, it goes to show there's still a lot of camaraderie on both sides of the border. So she's saying, and she's the DUP leader, she's saying, if there's spare vaccines, give them to the Republic. Um, so it's a, what should have been a sprint, really, like in the UK, has turned out to be a goddamn marathon, really. And if you'd have thought, and one of the two of the papers are talking about it today, you know, when Leah Varadkar said last year, this is going to be a St. Patrick's weekend like no other. Pity he didn't know at the time that it was going to be a year like no other and on and on it goes. Uh, Papers also talk about the elderly and the Mail has this on their front page today uh, saying that, um, you know, they're facing further delays on the vaccines and their pledge to the elderly has been dealt another blow because um, they're at least 50,000 short as we start the week. And then, of course, uh, it aired on American television Last night and will air across Europe tonight. Uh, and the nuclear fallout that will result regarding the, I suppose many are saying that it was the Meghan and Harry interview, but to some extent, I think from what I'm getting, the impression is he kind of just tagged along. Long it was the Meghan and Oprah show. So apparently explosive by all accounts. Uh, like, for instance, the sun this morning says that, uh, you know, it was revealed that insiders, insiders within uh, the palace used to call Harry Um, The hostage. Meghan Markle's hostage. Um, They also talk about, uh, you know, some of this, I think Buckingham Palace is leaking like a sieve, it always has been, and the leaks are making the papers this morning uh, because uh, they seem to be trying to push back against the narrative regarding what Meghan had to say to Oprah Winfrey, and some of the leaking involves her ferocious temper Uh, The Mail this morning talks about Megan completely and utterly losing the plot because the colour of the blankets that you ordered were the wrong shade of red, for instance. So we'll be coming back to that throughout the course of the morning. I have some audio on it as well, but uh, there's a lot of speculation in the the Red Tops because, of course, they haven't seen it. Many of them went to press before the actual interview aired. Um, But... It's certainly going to be um, a watershed moment this morning and many people will sit down uh, to watch it. Papers also talk today about, it's quite interesting in a quirky way, Bank of Ireland closed 88 branches of their banks and tried to spin it last week. And at the same time, the Mirror Morning this morning tells us that the Beatles Bank that they're referred to in Penny Lane has also closed. A lovely story, if you like your pop nostalgia. And also, you know how uh, we are now going to see, hopefully, because they've been slashed, The amount of awards paid out uh, for personal injuries claims um, and big big cuts apparently. But of course, you know, things like whiplash and and what have you, they'll be halved. So that's the story that makes the front of the independent. But if you thought that insurance companies are going to automatically and quickly start to reduce premiums, think again. They are now saying that it will take some time before you see those kind of things drop. Mind you, um, the mirror tells us something we knew already. Some Irish drivers go faster than the speed limits. And you can kind of understand why, you know, research, uh, you know, regarding speed limits and stuff like that makes the papers, because people love it, you know, penalty point stories and speeding stories. And anyway, one in 10 motorists apparently have admitted breaking the speed limit. I suppose the other nine are liars. (laughs) Actually, you know, if you've got a car, you might have a car like my one, the Qajar, it tells you the speed you should be driving at, it picks up the speed from the speed signs. You know, and it pops up on your dash when you're doing 80. But, you know, when you should be doing 80, it'll tell you because it picks it up from the 80 miles an hour limit. The 100, it tells you 100. 120 on the motorways, you know, where the sign says 120, the car picks that up. But apparently down Little Island Way, there's all sorts of confusion because the cars get confused between the signs for the motor cars and the signs for the trains. So one moment you're barreling along at 100 and all of a sudden... <laughs> Your car picks up the sign for the train, speed limit, and it pops down to 30. So also sorts of bewilderment, bewilderment, bewilderment even going on. Now, it's also International Women's Day today. Some very interesting stats on that with regards to... Um, certainly, it's a day of celebrating um, women, uh, but also it's a day of reminding yourself of the inequity that still exists. So we've got some stats on that as well throughout the course of the morning. Lines open at one 104 106 Text 0868-104-106. Here we go.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show. With
2: Tesco. Proud to be named a great place to work for the fourth year in a row.
1: Lines open, you can text 0868104106. Just before we go to uh, issues regarding um, the uh, rally on Saturday, because I was in there, Seamus Whelan was in there with, with microphone and everything. The, the Meghan and Harry show with Oprah. It, we're starting to get some of the little audio clips. You heard one there in the news just at nine o'clock. My daughter at the weekend was saying, this is an historic event. This is a part of history. And this was on Friday in a conversation I had with I was saying, this isn't historical. This is just tittle-tattle. This is just a bit of nonsense. But actually, the more that I'm thinking about it and the more that I'm seeing with regards to the interest in it and the pushing back and forth on both sides is I think it probably is quite an historic event when you think of it. She could well be right, What your thoughts on, on on the subject. But I was just going to be thinking that if all families, if all of our families were to have our dirty linen washed in public, none of us would go out for a year We'd probably leave the country, but yet here we have it, uh, with everything that's happening in Buckhouse. So here is some audio that we've managed to get our hands on. This is about fifty seconds of what was going on last night, and bear in mind now, um, you know, one of the the big winner in this is Oprah Winfrey. She made seven and a half million dollars on the interview alone.
3: Concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And who? Who
4: is having that conversation with you?
5: What? So, um, there is a conversation. Hold up. Hold up. There's stop several right com- now. There are several conversations. There's a conversation it. with you, with Harry, about how dark your baby is going to be.
3: Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. Ooh.
4: And you're not going to tell me who had the
3: conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. Okay.
1: So she went on during the interview to reveal she had suicidal thoughts and she said, I just didn't want to live anymore. Uh, And of course, you heard the the clip there about the allegation that a member of the royal family raised concerns about Archie's skin colour. Harry said uh, in the course of the interview that Prince Charles stopped taking his calls when they left the UK. Could you imagine that, if it's true, that a father would stop taking his son's phone calls when the son moved to America. I mean, it's bizarre. And if it's true, it's just not good enough. So this is um, some clips that, the star, that, the, that Sky News has put together. Um, Harry said, uh, he denied that he had blindsided the Queen with news that the couple were stepping down. Um, he claimed that he had been trapped in the royal system, trapped just like the rest of my family. Meghan then went on to deny all of these allegations that she made Kate cry ahead of her wedding um, claiming that it was Kate made Meghan cry ahead of her wedding. Don't know what they were crying about, something to do with flower girls, if I remember correctly. Um, she was talking about her pregnancy with baby Archie, claiming the royal family didn't want him to be a prince. They didn't want to offer him any security. There were concerns about how dark his skin might be when he was born, how it might impact uh, on, the, uh, on the crown and the royal family. Uh, Winfrey asked if her son was going to be too brown, would that be a problem? And she said, if you're making that assumption, that's a pretty safe one. She didn't say who actually made that claim or who asked that question. Uh, She said to to name the person would be very damaging. She also said that she struggled with her mental health due to the intense pressures of being in the royal family. She said she had suicidal thoughts and she said that she thought at one stage that she needed to go somewhere for help. So there's just some of the bullet points ahead of tonight's uh, uh, interview and if there are other audio clips that um, make it uh, into the public realm we'll get them to air across the morning as well. Lines open at one 104 106 you can text 086-8104-106 The anti-lockdown rally uh, passed off peacefully at the weekend hundreds and hundreds attended um, I would say maybe 6, 7 perhaps 800 people. So you had all around the, the Winthrop Street area there by Brown Thomas the street, up Patrick Street, up to around Eason's and down then towards uh, the pavilion Uh, many people were there Uh, now, that was quite interesting because um, it was very peaceful, there was a very good atmosphere there um, there were nice people I have to say now you could call, like I was talking with people over the weekend who weren't there, who were calling them idiots, now you may want to call the people who were there idiots, if you so wish um, and why would you call them that? Well you might say they were idiots because they weren't wearing a mask, you might call them idiots because they were all up too close to each other, <coughs> although I didn't see any anybody hugging each other or high fives, it was very quiet, you know, and it was very organised and it was, uh, you know, very orderly I have to say, so apart from so many of them and apart from the fact that the vast majority of them weren't masks, wearing masks, everything else was pretty hunky-dory, I have to say. But you might say, well, yes, what part of not wearing masks don't you get? I understand all of that. And um, the problem, though, was that the PA system they had, the loudspeakers, were appalling Uh, And they forgot, really, that sound is important when it comes to events like this. So it was impossible, pretty much impossible, to hear a single word that was being said unless you were right up close and personal. So I'll come back to that uh, and my observations on it throughout the course of the morning. But we did get quite an amount of audio from it, yeah, from Saturday's uh, rally. Seamus Whelan attended the Rally for Truth and he was talking to to some of the protesters. So I'll be dipping dipping in and out of that. So here's some of them this morning for you.
4: We are gathered together in a peaceful assembly. We are here to
2: express ourselves on a major issue in Ireland today, in a peaceful, respectful civilized manner you have no idea what socialism is you have no idea in re- reality you know i'm supporting these people because i want a freedom man that's all do you not believe you, you have freedom i'm not that no, i'm not Our be, civil excuse me are being eroded freedom every day look around you you don't see this you don't see the guards robocops around places. you are you blind or what?
6: The inflation of numbers, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that cooperate with why our civil liberties are being eroded away, one piece at a time. The government have lied continuously, Golfgate being one of the main reasons. One of the main perpetrations they've carried out against the people where they've given one rule for us and one rule for them. And people are sick of it. We're sick of being told what to do, where to go, how we can do it by people who have Stephen Donnelly, who has no background in medicine whatsoever who used who used himself as a political pawn from the Social Democrats to get up to Fianna Fall and now he's you know minister for health. It's appalling that these people, these snakes in suits can just erode away at everything
2: our constitution stands for and people are absolutely sick. Of it. We don't consent to lockdowns. We don't think they do any good. They've been tried and tested and they haven't worked, have they? Do you know? We're in the third one now. We're in the longest one now. Do you know? Look at people are dying mental health suicide rated through the roof. They won't tell you anything about suicide. They won't tell you anything about mental health. They won't tell you anything about the effect this is having on every single person. The effect it's having on my son right there, who he can't go and interact with children of his own age because of this thing that, that's got a 99% survival rate. Do you know? What disease, what, does, what What pandemic disease that's meant to kill humanity do you need to get a test for it to no, know you have it? It's bully.
7: There is no transparency anymore in the media, in the news, in the government and also in public health care services that people need to... We, we're asking questions. And we need to hear answers. And also, there's no, imparti- there's no impartiality at the moment. There's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of one-sided opinions being pushed. I don't think that's actually accurate. The most difficult thing is that it's affecting me because I have, not me, I'm very lucky, but I have friends who are emotionally, and I'm going to say that their mental well-being is falling through the floors, and they're actually having to go and seek professional help and also medication as a result of having their liberties stripped away. And having also their friends, having their their jobs, having all these things stripped away from them is emotionally and psychologically taking the toll. Also like healthcare, they're not getting the healthcare that they need. The flu is obviously a virus that keeps on mutating, so I do believe there are viruses out there. The thing is that do we, are we actually researching the right medications? There's ivermectin there's, uh, you know, budosanine, there's also hydroxychloroquine. Why, why are these medications being talked about? Why are we not trying to actually heal the people who are sick? And why are we only promoting one type of medication, which, which is the vaccine, which hasn't actually... It doesn't actually prevent necessarily the transmission, we know that. There's no pandemic. The pandemic is what they're using to enslave us all. In 10 years, 2030, they need to finish implementing the Great Reset. This is all on the website of the World Economic Forum. The economy has been broke since December 2018. They're using the pandemic to cover up because the state is in peace. Financial ruin. It's a financial ruin already, and they know it. And these people that control the world, they're not going down without a fight. They don't care about human beings. We are little ends for us, for them, as they've always been, as they send people to a war world over world two, War one to die. Now it's the entire planet.
8: It happens in America. Rockefeller went over with um, goals from Germany. Jewish goals. Said to everybody, it was invading Mexico. The the marching on us. The, the, the get your money out the banks fast. So there was a run on the banks. And they didn't have the money. He went the month, his money, his goals, and that's where Fort Knox comes from. And that's what the strength of the currency is: borrowed goals. It cost them £1.30 to print a dollar. They're doing the same thing here. You know, there's a there's a one percent of the global, ninety nine percent of the, they're, they're sick of that. They, they was to the economy and buy that last one percent
1: cheap. Yeah, it's a very interesting point there about the ninety nine percent versus the one percent, and of course you can see evidence of that from last week with the uh, the dealings within Davy Stockbrokers. You know. Um, But you may be wondering, why Why am I playing this audio? I'm playing this audio because for too long, people have been saying that there's only a one-sided narrative and those that are anti-lockdown or anti-vaccine or anti-the-truth never get an airing. That's the reason I'm playing it. I think it's all about being fair and being balanced. Can I just say there was no hassle there on Saturday? Uh, There was no bad atmosphere. I didn't pick any tension. Quite the opposite. And I have to say that even the Garda shikona were in great form. There was an awful lot of them. There really was an awful lot. But there was no trouble. And what really annoyed me was and I started to see after it uh, all of the reports online and then making uh, the the printed newspapers about the amount amount of arrests. Like RTE said, Garda, you have arrested a total of six people, five men and a woman in connection with today's anti-lockdown protest in Cork. If you read no more than that, you'd think that six people were arrested on Patrick Street. There were not. There were not six people arrested on Patrick Street. One was up in Mallow, another was in Kerry, and then there was a man and a woman arrested in Kildare. Now, they were trying to get down, but like many other people, they were stopped at guarded checkpoints and asked where they were going. There were two arrests on Saturday afternoon, and one of them was a busking fire eater who refused to move. So, technically, there was one arrest under the Public Health Act connected to the protest, if you want to call it that, or the rally uh, on Saturday afternoon. Not one. You know, not six. Uh, and I thought that that was very unfair. And I can understand why people get angry when their voices aren't being heard, when the narrative is, is being twisted like that. Talk
0: to Neil Printerville now. Eighteen fifty-one zero four one
1: zero six. Red FM. And you can text 86 and people are
0: clearly already.
1: One here says, I find it hard to understand that you're almost singing the praises of those self-seeking, selfish idiots who attended Saturday's rally when it was condemned for all of the obvious reasons. The irony is that Cork has the lowest numbers in the country and this could lead to many clusters as there was clearly no masks and no social distancing. These people are trash and you think it's okay? This was condemned by all decent people. Very disappointed, Neil. It undermines all of the good done. Can't come on the air. I'm busy at work. Now, it's very interesting you would say that because chatting with other people about it then later on Saturday and on Sunday, so one or two at least said to me, I would have no time for those protests or any of those marches because unlike the people that go to those kind of rallies and protests, I have to work for a living. I'm getting up early in the morning when they're probably sleeping it off. And others then I spoke to regarded them as idiots. And I understand that people are going to be very annoyed and angry that so many people gathered when the numbers in Cork are low. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I mean, it is worrying, of course, you would prefer if people didn't gather and if they did, that they'd physically distance and that they wear masks. But those that were at it aren't into masks or physically distancing because they have a completely different belief. Uh, and I'm just here to allow people to have an opportunity to have their voices heard. I mean, you're like it's it, it just beggar's belief, really, uh, that people would think that, you know, um, that we should all just come out of lockdown personally, me speaking, but I'm just talking about the events that happened on Saturday. Um, there was also uh, a video clip during the rounds and people were taking me to task on this on my own Instagram page. Will you be mentioning the guy who went up to the top of the building in St. Stephen's Green above the shopping centre and was supposedly, allegedly assaulted by members of the plain clothes guardie who were videoing and taking photographs and uh, what the heck were they doing? Well, he shouldn't have been tackled the way he was but I have no particular problem with the guards observing um, and engaging in surveillance at, at something like this just to make sure that if there was any trouble they would at least have videos or photographs of those that were making the trouble but none of that happened in Cork, absolutely none whatsoever that's all I'm saying, I'm not saying whether it was right or wrong I'm just talking about the event itself Kerry, good morning
9: Good morning Were you there? Yes, I'm here, yeah
1: okay, no, Were you there on Saturday?
9: Oh sorry, yes I was there Saturday could, yes.
1: could you actually hear anything?
9: Well, I was right up the front so I could hear everything, but okay. I did hear that uh, some people at the back and across the road weren't able to hear.
1: But So, apart from those that were very close to where Diamond Quayle and others were speaking, it was a waste of time for everybody else because they couldn't hear a single word.
5: Uh, I don't
9: say it's a waste of time at all. They all showed up there to make a point, and the point being that this government lockdown cannot go carry on the way it has. We're losing people... To suicide, cancer to everything else, and that's what people showed up for, mainly, I would imagine, like so I wouldn't say it's a waste of time, I wouldn't have said that, like any of that, I think they showed up to hear their to let their voices be heard in a sense by just being there, you know,
1: okay, and they couldn't have done that with the masks on clearly because they don't believe you don't believe in wearing a mask or, or physically distancing.
9: Separate. There was several people
1: there with masks uh, on. Yeah, maybe actually, maybe about ten percent of people had masks on. To be honest, and with that.
9: that's their that's their um, that's their right to wear them. But there's also people should be allowed not wear the mask. Like the the thing is, right? We took our information from the WHO when all this started, right? For months, the WHO has come out and said publicly, lockdowns don't work. The other day, they released a statement saying that you shouldn't really be wearing masks unless you are unwell or have some underlying condition. Mm. That healthy people shouldn't be wearing those masks. Now, these are the W did not I, health I, health I
1: health didn't, I didn't see that anywhere.
9: Yeah, it's, I send it in to you. I'll email it in. You can read it out if you like. Um, yeah, but
1: like, would, would you be reading it in uh, what someone would call a reputable extreme, source? You guys probably wouldn't no, find any extreme, of the media a reputable extreme, source.
9: No, it, hang on now a second. This is mainstream media. Okay. This is published in like okay. so. You, could, I'm sure one of your staff will Google it there while I'm on talking to you, and it'll come up straight away. So
1: you it don't wear a mask then? You and don't. I won't wear a mask. Right. Absolutely not. No. And do you go into places without it? I do. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. How, do, how are you treated?
9: Fine. Like they, they they'll ask me, and I say I'm not wearing a mask. It's it's not good for my health. And they leave you alone and that's it. But, you, but
1: you're not actually, te- I know this. I'm making a point of this, but you're not actually telling the truth when you say that.
9: I, I'm telling the truth when I say that. I don't have to discuss with people my medical condition or my personal information for them to understand where I'm coming from. Like, my choice of wearing the mask is for my health and well-being okay. only.
1: Okay, so what it happens? Has to be The
9: same for everybody else as well. Was was there many Cork
1: people there? And often the people that were talking, that I was talking to in particular, our voices, their accents that I heard were from other parts of the world. Are, are, are they all living here? Or did they come for this or what? Do you know?
9: They're they're living here. A lot of them. There was a plenty of Cork people there, right. and actually friends of ours from Dublin. Tipperary, Kerry, they all were there as well. Even though the Guardi, they tried to turn so many of them back. But they they managed to come down anyway.
1: Okay. And what was the message then from the speakers, for those that could hear it? The
9: message, the message is that this government lockdown isn't working. Okay? It is not working. There was more people died in 2019 as a year than the year of the pandemic 2020. And they're telling us then that the hospitals are full, that there's people dying all over. There was less people died in 2020 than 2019. And and the hospitals aren't full. I've been in several hospitals over the last year. And any time I have been there, I couldn't get over how empty they are. When was this? Because um, Over the last year, I've had several uh, hospital visits. Yeah, but that would be, they...
1: that would be uh, that's because areas of the hospital were closed while they were dealing with uh, COVID.
9: There was areas, but I'm talking about I had to go through A&E. There was nobody in there. Like this is an A&E that even in 2019, you couldn't even, you were lucky to get a bed on a trolley. And now you walk in, there's no one there. Are all those sick people after disappearing? Okay, well... Questions have to be asked. Okay. And the the thing is, the government don't want us asking them. That's why they come down heavy on all of us. They disregard us by calling us conspiracy theorists, far-right, anti-maskers, anti-vax, which is none of it. We're proud people and we want to protect our way of life. Um, And our government has... How can how it. can
1: lockdown not be working when Cork and Kerry in particular have very, very low positive cases now at the moment because of restrictions?
9: Say that again, sorry, that they've low cases because of the restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like Neil, like they're over exaggerating everything that's happening. Like they and you only get one idea through the mainstream media if you go then and read other things that contradict what the mainstream media are saying then you're a conspiracy theorist or a loon you're a danger to everyone and like that that doesn't work anymore like people aren't even listening to that anymore are you uh,
1: were you okay on saturday with the amount of guardie that were there
9: i think they were a bit excessive to be quite honest for a peaceful protest but only excessive
1: in numbers though not in attitude
9: no, I won't say an attitude at all. No, in numbers they were excessive for a peaceful protest like and I I thought it was outrageous really to be which just the amount of guards that were there like
1: Well, for you, a peaceful protest. You see they I didn't think. know they didn't know if something was going to kick off, you see. Clearly clearly no, it wasn't no, going to call it. it was obvious at no, the very no, beginning that this was not going to be a problem. It was just not no, that kind of crowd. No. Yeah.
9: There was there was one man in the crowd up the front that was trying to bait or Kyla and the other two speakers into something, right? He kept throwing smart comments and stuff like this, right? And I took it upon myself to approach a guard and say to him, this man is causing trouble. He's trying to instigate stuff. Would you mind getting someone to remove him? And he very much in a nonchalant kind of manner was like, yeah, well, like, yeah, I might get someone over kind of way. And I went back over and he, again, was very rude to this gentleman that was talking so much so that one of the, the people in the crowd went over and said, look, like this is unacceptable and what you're trying to start. And only then did the guard approach them to take him away. What, what, would, then-
1: okay. what would you say finally, if I let you go to the people that I saw that commenting about this over the weekend and others that said it to me that the vast majority of people that would turn up to a protest like that never worked a hard day in their life?
9: And and for them to say that is absolutely ridiculous. There was people at that protest who have lost their businesses, their homes, their way of life, their family. And there is a, it is absolutely destroying people's lives. The amount of suicides in Ireland is criminal. But you don't hear that talked about every single day in the news. You don't hear a running thing about all the people that have died from suicide. It's shoved under the carpet. Our government have... Absolutely aban- abandoned our most vulnerable in our communities. And for them then to point the finger at us like we're doing something wrong by trying to change that is absolutely laughable. And the fact that they will then turn around and refer to us. I've been called racist, homophobic, and anyone that knows me thinks that's like absolutely Hilarious because they know I'm neither. Like, why would they
1: call you racist I, or homophobic? What's this got, What's that got to do with anything?
9: Oh, uh, we've been called to, like the, last year at the gov- at the protest in Dublin. Antifa were right, cause, trying to cause trouble right up at the next thing for a peaceful protest. They called us homophobic, racist. They actually attacked the crowd at one stage, and a couple, and people were like got into a scuffle, and then the ga- the guard stood in. But they have been online threatening people, calling us all the names under the sun, they've doxed people, all because we don't agree with like what's happening in our doxed And our
1: They have people, they have what?
9: It's called doxing someone. What's that mean? It, they release your name, address, number, place of business, anything at large, and let people come and attack you then even online and stuff Yeah, like
1: but that. does that happen to you? Uh, no, it happened to my
9: dad's friend. Dan. Okay, all
10: right. Dan. Morning, Neil.
1: What's on your mind?
10: I tried to get a burrito Saturday and I couldn't get down to Boogham because uh, there was a crowd of people in my way and the guards had barriered off Wintrop Street. I was quite upset. <laughs> my, free, my free movement was
1: infringed upon. There was a rally on. Sometimes that happens when there are rallies. You're told uh, that there are restrictions yeah. even for your bojum takeout. <laughs>
10: Anyway, look, I was down in the epicenter of it, and uh, you know what? This was just more of an inconvenience than anything. You know what? There was—I would say there was only a hundred people at it properly, and the rest were outliers there for a gawk. Because I had a good—I had a good sconce around the place to be honest with you, people, and I, you could tell by the demeanor of people that why they were there and. You know, there was just just something to do for the day, maybe for some people to to have Would you to
1: accept the, that in and around Winthrop Street, there was somewhere in the region of a hundred and a hundred and fifty people, and then the rest of Patrick Street were were was spread out, would bring the numbers up to maybe seven hundred, yeah. eight hundred. Yeah, if, that, if that, and you could tell, you could tell by the density because yeah. they moved around the group. Yeah, but those other people wanted to be there to hear what was going on, but couldn't hear what was going on. It wasn't as if they were just passing the, the afternoon. Were, the, I went down, I went, I went down
10: close, that you couldn't
1: really hear it anyway. So it was obvious that it was just it was just set up as a
10: soapbox for a few few people for their egos to stand up and have a shout because there was no attempt to get a, a message out beyond the epicentre of what it was, the, the, that 50, 60, 80 people
1: around the centre who were clearing there and 60, clear. 80 clearing 80 and there wasn't 60, 80 people there. There was 6, 7, maybe 800 people there.
10: Come here, there, there was a 100 more people convenient. around... I, I'm speaking, am I? No?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
10: There was 100 people around the soapbox and you'd struggle at the fringe of that to hear what was going on. So it wasn't very well organized. No, wait a second. No 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 there was as many
1: there was as many people as could stand around the Winthrop Street Island as possible because the guards wouldn't but let them stand hang on a second. They wouldn't the guards wouldn't let them stand on the road. So they had to go to the other side of the road. Well hang on no, if I go down Patrick Street in normal times,
10: I will hear the guys who are giving out Bibles from 100 metres away. And why couldn't the protesters get a decent speaker? They, they should have Washington
1: done. I've made, made that point. It That's was right. it was mortifyingly bad for them. You couldn't Absolutely. hear a word. But, so all it was I mean, was around
10: themselves and point. their cronies standing there. If they really wanted to protest guys, why didn't they organise everyone into a social distance group and march up and down Patrick Street and the Grand Parade and bring the city to a standstill? That would have gotten the message across. But that wouldn't have fed the egos of the minority of that group who just want to be, be doing things. And that lady said there that there was people from Tipperary and Dublin all, and, and all there. So it just was to show, you take those out of that epicentre crowd and it was even smaller again. And I'm telling you, from not the not outer sure. fringes, it was people passively attending it. Passively attending it. Kerry?
9: Sorry, Neil, so, can I say something there? Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Just people like him now are the problem, right? They come into a situation, they think they know because everything, and they're going to... Differ- they can say, uh, sorry, it's I'm it's talking now. You, it's know, it's you it's said it. the same to me well ago, right? They come into a situation like and they look like they to come... Like, the, Instead of getting out there and supporting the people that showed up, regardless of whether they could hear it or not, to show up to tell the government... Uh, but for God's God sake, if you're going to, to have a do. rally, at if least let people be able, able to hear what was being said. That, right. But the message at large was absolutely understood. And people can look back in the video and see what the, the whole thing was said up the front they can look back and see that like you know
1: but okay so hold, hold on Susan
9: I
10: if I wanted to watch a video, video we could have had the protest on Zoom
1: yeah Susan well, hold on guys let around Susan around. Susan can you hear me
9: yeah
10: I go, can ahead.
1: You. go ahead go uh,
9: ahead I just want to say obviously you know Common sense isn't a flower that grows in everyone's garden, and when I get people, you know, entitled to their opinion, like that lady said, there the hospitals are empty. Yeah, they're not running clinics, but if you've got an emergency or you know you're really really sick, your doctor will ensure you do get seen. I've been myself, and like she's not, she's not taking her advice and you know her whatever from the main extreme media, she's getting it elsewhere, they're the same people that will tell you that, you know, you cannot get seen, that people are dying because they can't be seen, which is all false. I mean, all she was sure was that there was no... But how, how
1: do you know that people aren't dying because they can't make hospital appointments or get treatment well, or you're,
9: surgery? You're, well, I was very sick, Neil, and I went to my doctor and I've been seen at the hospitals, you know, that aren't seeing anybody... That lady herself admitted, she was seen there. But well, there's, 800, there's
1: 850,000 people awaiting fairly important hospital appointments. I get
9: that. There, there They've was always been waiting. Like like it's just right. a
1: right. way. Okay, okay, one and at a time.
9: 20 people
1: and have stayed three of the hospital. Okay, I'll allow I'll three of you to make a point each because I have other calls and I need to talk to. Kerry, one point, go ahead.
9: Right, the amount of people on the waiting list inside those hospitals could be reduced because of all the equipment that aren't turned on, Right. The, the the people who have died have been delayed treatment, especially the cancer patients, and they were delayed treatment, and hence they have died. But just because they don't die in the hospital doesn't mean they haven't died. Okay, Plenty okay. Plenty of them are dying All, all right, thank you well. for that, Susan. Okay, I doubt very much, and I know for a fact that people that, you know, had cancer are still receiving treatment, you know, and it's not like everything has just stopped. I mean, in fairness, she should have went down the corridor and went to the Morgan found them doing autopsies on aliens just to add to the morning entertainment. <sighs> you see,
1: that's typical. You need to allow people at least have a point of view. Yes, you can well. call the mediates for not wearing a mask or physically distancing, but at least allow them to have an opinion on something, you know?
9: Well, Neil, if you think that that's equation to the fact that they're not treating people in hospitals, right. you'd want to think again. OK, I Dan... Mean, Say
1: that. All right, Dan. Yeah, I, I talked
10: was a discussion about Saturday's protest, Didn't realize it was a critique of the healthcare system, but, you know, what, what is it people want? Do they want the hospital to be overrun? And the absolute irony of Saturday's group would pay the student nurses. The nurses, the frontline staff, want you to stay home. They want you to wear a mask. They want to bring this down because they've seen it, guys. And the absolute irony of the covid idiots who are carrying that sign alone just shows... It was another protest. It's a deal. It'll be Irish water next
1: month. OK, appreciate it. Susan, Dan, Kerry, incidentally, we did fact check all this business regarding whether people should or shouldn't wear masks or what the World Health Organization said about it. Uh, the WHO did not state you shouldn't wear masks. That was false. And Kerry, it was a fake screenshot being shared on Facebook back in January 22nd, a completely false claim. The WHO said you shouldn't wear masks. The WHO's technical lead on COVID, Dr. Maria van Kerkhove, said masks were one aspect of control that helps reduce transmission in conjunction with other measures. In fact, the BBC fact-checked an awful lot of stuff, including that masks deprive your body of oxygen, Uh, The BBC claimed that that is a false claim. They also uh, fact-checked whether masks can cause carbon dioxide poisoning. And again, they said that that's not true. There's no evidence to support this claim. And other fact-checking that we did there in the last 15 minutes that masks harm your immune system, Uh, the BBC checked that as well and found that there was no evidence to support this claim. Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red
1: FM. The phone lines we go, Christine, standing by. Kieran, good morning. Hello, Neil. Hello. Okay, oh, yeah. y- you're a citizen um, of Ireland, but not belonging to any group. Um, were you there on Saturday? Yeah,
11: I, yeah I, I actually I wasn't involved in the protests or anything of that nature, but I went along um, in the sense I do agree with people's right to, to speak and to be heard and to, to have an honest, open debate about their concerns. And I think um as as a people we've been suppressed. I mean you had a gathering of people that there was two hundred or there was a thousand or whatever it was, were you I mean you saw yourself they were just normal, peaceful people, they wouldn't love to do any harm. We had a, a guard, a helicopter, flying over the city.
12: And yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a bit much. Yeah, I understand I understand, I understand why much. the guards were there. They would have been they would have been yeah. absolutely lambasted if they weren't there. And there was trouble.
11: I know, no, no. I don't mind the Garda. Even they have great respect for the Garda. They're a fine force of people, like right? we need them, and they're they're brilliant. But a Garda helicopter flying over the city when a bunch of people are voicing their concerns—that is ridiculous.
1: Why? So like, that's, it's was just that's, that's it, silly, silly. That there was a chopper well, there you is you'd silly. Would you agree with that? Would you? No, I've, i I, I mean, I was quite impressed with the.
11: What the Guardia have to say. I thought that their attitude was spot uh, on. No, no, no. The, the, the were brilliant. I mean, the Guardia and, the ground and, and uh, great respect I'm sure there was, the was some
1: operational reason as to why there was a chopper flying in the sky. There was also there was also a guy from what looked like serious crime unit of the Guardia Shikona in flak jackets with a big, big long lens camera walking amongst the crowd. Uh, I wondered, I I wondered, I wondered why he was there, but he, I don't know what he was doing there. Maybe he was taking photographs of people that they thought might look dodgy or something. I don't know.
11: But but they, well, whatever, I suppose they, they do things like that. But, but it's just commenting on that. I have great respect for the Gardaí. I, I mean, I, I was at the protest there in Dublin at the time of the, the bank crash. there was, O'Connell Street was full of people. It was 500,000. And I mean, the Gardaí were very relaxed. They're just like the Gardaí underground. And I think we need Gardaí to be our servants as they know yeah, I mean, and, and I think everybody be, agrees no, with me, that but their problem of us, like, not to be not to be sort of becoming alien to, the, to people do you, do you understand no
1: and they weren't at, on Saturday there was, a, there was a lot of them walking yeah. around on bikes squad cars up and down on patrol yeah, duty yeah, yeah, they yeah, weren't yeah, putting yeah. in or out with anybody just making sure that nobody got hit from clipped by a
11: car as the cars went up and down Patrick Street yeah well I, I just thought that helicopter swing was a bit over the top okay. right. maybe I'm wrong that
1: wrong no, no you have an right opinion thought. you think that the chopper was over the 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 top, fair enough. Okay, we'll come back after 10 but here's some more audio. Uh, Seamus was uh, amongst the uh, crowds and the uh, rally attendees on Saturday afternoon.
2: I mean, they've, they've lied to us in relation to the the, the you know f- fiscal situation in this country. They've lied in relation to killing unborn babies. They've lied in relation to so-called sodomy marriage. So this is just another continuation of lies. So it is. They just see, don't seem to be able to tell the truth. There was something out there last March that arrived in the country via Wuhan in China. Yeah, I, I'm able to accept that. But at this stage, no. Because there's no proof of new variants. There's not even a proof properly of... They didn't corner the COVID-19 variant itself. They didn't. And they'll admit that. So, I, you know, I just see four, four so-called health officials, experts every day nearly sitting up at a desk with no mask and then telling everybody else outside to wear the mask. It just doesn't make sense. You, there was no... Not one COVID... Uh, situation from the golf gate or from the RTE party and yet if ordinary people have a bit of a dinner together there's COVID cases. I just don't buy it. If I want to get back to, to watching football matches attending GAA games. I want to get back to that. Like, we can't run a country with this rubbish. Like, if this could go on another two years. It could with the way they're carrying on. And it's nearly like a mass brainwashing at this time. They're even trying to frighten pregnant women now they are. So, it, like, it's just gone ridiculous. And hopefully some
13: of them will see jail for what they're after doing. There's a major issue with the PCR testing. I think one solution would be to introduce rapid antigen testing. I think, yes, combination of vaccines and naturally acquired immune, and I also think there's, there's um, another drug as well, ivermectin I And that's deliberately just not being implemented in, in Ireland. With regards to sport, like sport has so much um, beneficial um, impacts on like, say, the young, lives of young people, as well as like older people say, going to matches as we see our livelihoods, that you can't go outside and train with a team. Even in the, say last year, like Pods of 15, we're not allowed to do that. Are we willing to take away all the beneficial impacts of, say, sport that has, that has on the Like the lives of um, every person in this country, I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that's right. I just feel like that all this thing that's going on is control, complete and total control of the people. And uh, we feel we are prisoners. Our freedom has been taken from us. We haven't freedom to worship in our churches. We haven't freedom to have our sacraments or anything. You know, uh, the virus is there, granted, but it's not what they're making it out to be. You know, but being fed lies, lies, lies you know and I mean the amount of people that they're sent that are dying from this virus they are not but there's, there's viruses there since time began and you know the, you know, we, we'll always have viruses but this is not a pandemic No, the time the Spanish flu that was a pandemic this isn't a pandemic yeah. this is about I think you know the one world order that they want to bring about yeah, we're That's what I think it's about. And, um, you know, it's all about the elite of the world. All these rich fellas, the them like a big Gates and all them. You know, it's what they... This is what was all prophesied. You know, we want back our country. We want back our freedom. You know, we want... We want our... You know, look at, people, look at the shops. For God's sake, the Grown Pounders, She doesn't have a shop open. You know, and... Where is that going to lead?
1: Where is it all leading to? Okay, that's uh, another selection of those in attendance yesterday. You also heard there of the core Camogie player, Katrina Mackey, who was in attendance with her sister Pamela. She was talking about sports. And the general consensus of many there is that this is the deliberate control of the people. Uh, And you could accept many people's points of views if they're alternative to yours, but how you could accept uh, somebody saying in the middle of that vox that this is the country that introduced sodomy marriage. I just think that that's, me personally, I think that's completely unacceptable. I think it's nobody's business. If a man fancies a man or a woman fancies a woman or a man marries a man or a woman fancies a woman, they just deserve to be happy for their lives. We're not here for a long time, so you need to be allowed to express your own emotions, your own views, your own likes and everybody else should respect it back after 10
0: 104 to 106 Red FM this is the Neil Friendeville show
1: uh, John asks by email just how many guards does it take to arrest one fire eater some people are suggesting 6, 8 somebody here is saying even 14 I don't know if I counted 14 but I counted a good half dozen around them at one stage just outside Brown Thomas uh, Sylvia tweeted uh, I was arrested, um, she tweeted this yesterday, she was talking about Saturday. I was arrested yesterday on the N7 M7, M7 in Ireland, heading towards Cork for a peaceful protest. I was held in custody all day and brought to a special criminal court sitting at 5pm for breaking the 5k rule. €1,000 cash bail, they took my phone and I have to sign on in the Garda station three times per week. Now, we attempted to uh, get in touch with Sylvia, but we've heard nothing back. But that's what she claims happened to her on Saturday when she broke the 5K and tried to come down to Cork. An awful lot of people, incidentally, were turned back. Okay, so I can do some of those texts, actually. Text 0868-104-106 and then back to calls. I won't, This won't dominate the rest of the morning, incidentally. I just think that it's very important in the days that we live in uh, that um, voices are heard. Because there's been an awful lot of criticism of those that are... Know, not fans of COVID and the and the regulations and the the guidelines and the restrictions, they feel that their voices aren't being heard. Also, I think it gives those that are anti the anti an opportunity to hear those points of view as well from people who attended Saturday's rally. That woman on your audio, your Vox, says this isn't a pandemic. She sounds pension age to me. I hope she'll give up her place in the vaccine queue for others her own age and perhaps younger. Also, deny her treatment if she contracts COVID. I'm in work supporting our old age pensioner Remember, uh, Morning, I agree with Neil. The newspaper narratives were deceiving. For example, six arrests made on the day of the Cork City protest. I'm not in favour of Saturday's occurrence whatsoever, but news articles should be clear. Happy to hear at least you have balance on your show. Um, listening to all those idiots is like a day out from a mental institution. All the scientists globally united in one massive conspiracy theory... No point in trying to reason with them. They also don't give a hoot about anyone. It's utterly selfish and totally dumb. I'm just going to read this out now. I'm not going to rebut any of them. I, I, was, I was there as well on Saturday. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Neil, for at least telling the truth about the event. Morning, I think the chopper was a great idea. What's wrong with people? The pic of your man with a mask on his head is just ridiculous, says Eilish. Crazy, crazy, crazy people. Ah, lads, nobody can remember anything about the protest in Dublin bar Mr. Hoodie. The Gardaí were put on alert due to the fools that decided to make it violent in Dublin. Oh my gosh, would they speak that way about Michael Collins now if he spoke out today? Pity I hear speakers were not working. Ever so sad, Neil. This is the Rebel County. Um. Okay, just a selection of text. 0868104106. One more Vox from Saturday afternoon and a couple of calls as well. Christine, good morning.
14: Hi, Neil. You
1: describe it as a very good day. Um, yes, I'm delighted it went Well, so I'm, p- glad, p- I'm glad you say that because I couldn't hear a damn word that was being said.
5: Yeah, unfortunately, the sound wasn't great. Uh, you had to be yeah fairly close to the speakers to hear. The, yeah, that was a big drawback, all right.
1: Kind of defeated it, the purpose, didn't it? Sorry? It kind of defeated the purpose.
5: It did, because there were people down as far as pennies... Uh, a gentleman's quarter so I don't think they heard anything which is a terrible oh, gentleman's
1: shame quarter. I was a lot closer than gentleman's quarter and I couldn't hear her but anyway that was disappointing but other than that you were delighted with how it went
5: I was very happy it went off peacefully um, I mean I think it's a shame or an indictment um, that Dermot said publicly that he has been threatened with arrest and prosecution for if he went ahead with this Which would be a blatant attack on democracy. So I'm glad it went ahead and that it went peacefully. So the the government, they don't have any grounds to cancel future events. It is possible to have a peaceful rally like we had on Saturday. There's whole string of peaceful rallies in Cork here last year.
1: Yeah, you understand though.
5: It is possible.
1: Well, you understand you that it annoys, it annoys people who are worried about getting sick or can't visit their loved ones or the elderly who are dying in nursing homes when you see.
5: But if they're afraid, a of bond. crowd gathering, they don't have to attend. If, they, if they're
1: afraid, no, it's not. It's not that. It's just that the crowds then will go elsewhere and will spread and we'll have clusters and we'll have breakouts.
5: Yeah, but every day, of the week, week, every day of the week, you see people gathering groups in parks on streets. Even in shop, if you go to supermarkets, I know. Please don't. I mean, Christine,
1: you, yeah, they, they have masks on, so they're bad enough. The supermarkets, I get that with people handling things, but they have masks on. Seven or eight hundred people there on Saturday had no masks on.
5: Yeah, I accept that, but day on the streets and in parks, you have people gathered in groups, and no, nobody's breaking up those groups. Mm-hmm. So why try to cancel an event that only happens a few times a year? Okay. Okay. And and... But it's okay. happening on a daily basis. Okay, okay.
1: Uh, and, and you believe that it is control of the people deliberate, do you? Which? COVID. Restrictions. 5K.
5: The restrictions. The restrictions are Lockdown. controlling the people. Um, Like, you know, just before you brought me on the air, I heard about the the woman um who tried to come to the event yeah. and she was stopped by the guards for breaking the 5K rule. And charge Thousand euros and has to sign into the guards three times a week.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what she says now. I mean, I'm
5: just reading what she says. That is control. You, you can't put anything else in it. That is control.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Let me talk to Carmel. Carmel, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are we? I'm going to blast through half a dozen calls, so go for it. What's on your mind?
14: Oh, go for it. No, it's just about the protest. You were saying about the six arrests and that, and it's just that, as you said, the media need to get it right. Your facts are right, Neil. There was only two arrests at the actual protest, and four were outside. Outside the city limits, they travelled beyond their, their five cake. Well, to be to
1: bus- be totally honest and accurate about it, there was one arrest under the public. Well, health one Act.
14: under the public, Act. Yeah, the other fellow, the man was a busker. He, he he's, he's normally in town in that same spot outside. Brown Thomas doing what he normally does. Correct. I don't but regard I don't that. Mean, I don't
1: regard that as being a re- an arrest attached to the rally.
14: Oh well, I mean, it came out one, uh, one arrest. I don't know which page it was on now, it uh, came out, one protest arrested before the rally even started. Okay. No, okay. he wasn't a protester. He was a busker. And I counted because there was a video sent to me because unfortunately, Neil, I couldn't go to the rally as much as I'd love to have went to the rally to fight and stand up and be counted because these lockdowns are affecting every single person in the country, including myself. I re- I've been on you since last year a couple of times regarding one and one issue only Neil and I think you I don't know whether you agreed with me or you didn't agree with me there's only one loophole in this country that's causing our lockdowns and that's Dublin airport and I don't know whether you agree with me or not or disagree but this is my taking it I'm actually at the end of my tether you actually give up the will to live in this country now I have a video on my phone and if I can get this sent on to you two weeks previous No, I've not no, I, know, I know I'm know. i not racist. I, everyone is entitled to practice their religion. But in Dublin, a man's video that you probably saw it. Um, Coming out the
1: back door of the mosque, I saw
14: that. Yeah. And, and, and Kevin Street Garda Station had been called two three times and they got no response. All right, okay. Now, our old, old age pensioners, now the church could hold up to, up to a thousand people, and he, let's be honest about it. At least a thousand people in our churches in Ireland. And if they can't allow 40 or 50 old age pensioners, with social distancing, into the churches, there's something drastically, drastically wrong with this government. We are living in a two-tier country.
1: Okay, thanks for that, Carmel Morris. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You were out for a walk Saturday afternoon. I went, I did went, did...
15: I went out lunchtime Saturday afternoon. It was kind of like, it is now, lovely and sunny, you
1: know? Um, Where the heck so is bunch... it sunny? Is it sunny
15: summer now? It's sunny up in Farnborough. you know? Oh, but well. a hazy fog. Make right. the most it's of it. Break. It's breaking now, slowly. Um, so I walked past the church and Farnry and could see a helicopter quite plainly hovering over um, the city. You now I thought it was something to do with the army. Like I'd actually forgotten about the protest, you know, um, or the rally. But I headed over towards Grown, and it was still hanging there. No, as I was walking down Cathedral Road, I looked up, and the helicopter was quite literally over my head, Neil. When it was done by Thomas Gould's house, right, which is halfway down Cathedral Road, and it seems to be doing triangles from there over by the barracks back into town and back up to Geneva Road right the whole time and I was saying to myself what is this and then the penny dropped and said this is the protest yes and
1: it possibly had to do with keeping an eye on um, entry and exit routes to the city traffic coming in people breaking 5k they had a bird's eye view of all of that
15: but like you're not going to land a helicopter next to the car and ask the people have you come beyond your No,
1: no 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 no. they're in communication with guards on the ground
15: do you know what I mean? I was saying, what? I have to cancel last The plot it, all right, somebody the week before.
1: I, I mean, does anybody think it was fantastic that they actually have a helicopter? And it's great to see it being in use. But
15: who's paying for the helicopter, Neil? Who's paying now for that do triangles over the north side? Well, see, the, the well some,
1: of the, some of the criticisms that I got at the weekend from people that I was chatting with about this was that the vast majority of those that were at the rally wouldn't be contributing anything to the state because the vast majority of them probably don't work. Well, I don't know
15: about that. That's, that's the narrative now that put, gets put out by the media again.
1: No, no, these uh, these are just punters saying I can't be bothered with any of that. I've got to get to bed. I've got to get up early to go to work in the morning. or like, I, wasn't I, there, to, yeah. I, I
15: wasn't down Yeah, I wasn't down to go to work Saturday afternoon I was going for a walk just giving exercise. But like, I mean, there I am walking down the road and having to look at the nuisance of a helicopter flying over. Right? Okay. For so, for what you've described as three or four hundred people in town. No, it wasn't. So, it
1: was more than that. There see, was I, I think there was, he, was probably closer to seven or eight hundred people.
15: All right. Yes, but even in, in, in the middle of town, seven or eight hundred people is nothing, Neil. Uh,
1: and I right? think a lot I think a lot were there just observing as well. They might not necessarily have had any kind of anti opinions. They just were there yeah. to observe. They couldn't if there hear
15: been If you were going to bring a resource like that there, right, eye in the sky. You should have that landed somewhere until there's a problem. Then you send it up. You don't have a hovering over to intimidate people. I felt that walking down there now, I felt like it was like something from Northern Ireland back in the Troubles days, you know, some sort of civil rights. You there. found the chopper
1: intimidating in what I it found was found
15: very intimidating and it wasn't anything to do with that protest. Okay. And I, I wouldn't find myself going in there. I'm someone who goes around with a mask on my face and follows the public health guidelines and have done so since they were introduced last year. And I just think it's, it was an over-the-top reaction okay. from the authorities.
1: All right, thanks as always. Much obliged, Morris. You can text 0868104106. Final piece of audio. This is Peter O'Donoghue. He's a native of Kilworth, and he addressed the crowd just after Diarmuid He said that he was an ordinary family man. He said he was attending the rally out of frustration with his government.
15: Why do I march? I march for my 27-year-old brother, Tom, who died from cancer and who we buried this day last year. If he was alive, he would be here marching before me. I march for my aunt who died in the hospice three weeks later but was not allowed to see her two sisters because of unnecessary lockdown. I march for my mother who just after burying her second son was never again allowed to see her dying sister because of unnecessary lockdown. I march for all the people who have died lonely from all causes since lockdown started and who are never given a proper funeral. I'm for their families too, who have not been allowed to grieve properly.
16: They're putting COVID down and COVID deaths down, no matter if, if people are ill with other ailments. COVID seems to be the first uh, protocol so that's where I have an an issue with that that as well. There's more serious things going on really. There's a lot more serious things than COVID going on and that's just being swept under the carpet and this business of like some shops can open and some shops can't or if you sell food, it it just makes no sense to be honest, it just doesn't make any sense. And they're not being honest with us, like in the airports open they're telling us to stay within the 5k but yet then if it was that deadly they should have closed the ports on the first week and I think it's, I don't know, I just, there's just something not right, it doesn't feel right, my gut doesn't feel right about it. And
2: how is the whole kind of restrictions, how are they affecting
17: you?
16: Affecting uh, the younger population and the older population, uh, everyone, my my mother is affected by it, she's 82, she don't believe in it either. She came through the time of uh, the pandemic when there was a pandemic, the time of the TB and um, she doesn't believe in it either. And then you have the younger the younger generation then with their exams and they're being told stay in their rooms well stay in their rooms and not not mix with their friends. So like mentally it's 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 an awful strain on the younger people as well. The people the people of Ireland, the, the people of the world have done their job the last twelve months. They have done everything that they could, but yet the government are, are sitting twiddling or thumbs and taking pay rises and leaving the airports open. They should be doing their bit now. Not, not leaving it up to the people they should be doing their bit and stepping up so do you believe that there is a virus there or? I'm seriously questioning it
2: I'm seriously questioning it. Myself and my wife decided we're not taking a vaccine and our children are not taking vaccines because it's not proven to be safe. We're not anti-vaxxers. All our children got their vaccinations, the whole lot. And the only vaccination we didn't get years ago, was the 2009 swine flu vaccination for the exact same reason. It wasn't um, proven to be safe. And so years later, that we found out that there was severe symptoms with the swine flu um, vaccination.
17: Wrecking everybody, everybody with mental health, suffering from mental health, is wrecking them. They should open the gyms, because they're not opening the gyms for no one. They're forcing people to wear masks, whereas they have been proven that where you wear the mask... It's damaging your lungs, yeah. long term, even older people like yourself. I'm only 35 mm-hmm. and it's even affecting my voice, so... Yeah, I so see you you're know, wearing one there yourself. Yeah, I, like, I only wear it when i go going into the shop or whatever, Like for about that, I don't wear the mask, do you get me? And so why, why do you wear it going into the shop? Because you, you have to wear it going into the shop. You're not allowed into the shop unless you have a mask on, you know? So, I just want a complete stop to this lockdown like everybody else that's here. If a woman was being abused by her husband indoors, it's going to go tenfold by being locked in now. Do you get me? So it's not good for the women either. So they should just end it because they're wrecking the country. Even businesses are closing down over them, which is totally wrong. The more people that keep coming to protests and stuff like this, peaceful protests, no, no mad stuff right? peaceful, we will get there. The government is going to have to leave.
1: Okay, so sorry for the bad at the edit at the end there, but if you know, please now, please, um, if if you felt that you weren't getting airtime in the past and you felt that it was very much unbalanced, can we now park this? Um, Many many people in the uh, boxes that we played this morning and those that were there on Saturday felt this felt that this was a conspiracy, uh, that this is deliberate control, and that COVID is a hoax. uh, And they had an opportunity this morning to have their voices heard. Um, You may or may not agree with you know their points of view you may be very angry about the close 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 proximity of so many of them and you may also be very very angry and annoyed and perhaps worried now uh, of a spike in numbers because they weren't wearing masks but their voices at least have been heard uh, back to the phone lines we go i'm very sorry to hear about katie's ma'am. katie good morning good
18: morning how are
1: you i'm good and she passed away june of last year to cancer yeah. wasn't it
18: yeah. to terminal cancer so I just want I wanted to touch off the comment that was passed about cancer patients being able to go for treatment Yeah. Um. so obviously my mum was not able to go for her treatment so as far as I'm aware she was stopped for six weeks from going and within those six weeks two of those weeks she was in isolation because my sister had come home from Newcastle so she put herself into isolation so that was her own doing that she couldn't go for treatment but they were actually stopping cancer patients going to treatment
1: Was your your ma'am stopped from going to chemo or radiotherapy was it?
18: Um, I'm not sure it was any of those I think it was just like going in and meeting uh, with her professor at the time Her oncologist and I know she was stopped from chemo twice
1: well, that answers my question. She did. Yeah. She she had two two occasions where she should have been getting chemo and didn't.
18: Yeah, and she didn't. Yeah. So one of them was down to herself going into isolation, uh, just because she felt it, she couldn't put anyone else at risk. When my sister had just come home from Newcastle at the time, so mm. she was like, "I'm not going to go into other cancer patients with this."
1: Yes. Yes.
18: So that was her own doing. And then the other time she was told look, we are in the middle of COVID, your treatment is cancelled for three weeks.
1: But that is an example, if we ever needed it, of a chemo session being cancelled.
18: Yeah, so it, like it yeah. is happening. And, and yeah, your partner's
1: granddad as well got got ill with COVID, didn't he?
18: He did. So my partner's granddad, he went up to hospital with suspected heart attack. Uh, thank God it was a that. But as you know, on arrival, you are tested. So they tested him and it came back positive. But he was asymptomatic to it, so he had absolutely no symptoms. Right. Thank God, because he is over 70, but he's paying for it now. So he's very a very, very weak man, very, very tired. He tell, help kind of like getting off of a chair or crossing the road or anything like that.
1: And what do you say then to, say, people who are there on Saturday and those that believe that this is a conspiracy, that it's deliberate control? that it's a hoax, that the country should be opened up and people should reclaim their freedom.
18: Like, I did, I watched a live stream of it on Facebook and I was kind of like, look, I just want to know what these people have to say. That's all I wanted to do. And for me, look, from, from someone who kind of supports this and understands that COVID is a real thing, whether you believe it or not, it is real. It looked to me like anti-maskers or vaccine aids, anti-vaccines, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, looked like it, they were trying to make it about them and not locked out. Just going off by like, I say, ten percent of them were wearing masks, and the rest weren't. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and what drove me even more mental was the amount of kids. The amount of kids there was absolutely re- ridiculous.
1: When you say kids now, what age do you got a problem with? I mean, there were teenagers there, yeah, for sure. But I didn't see much younger than that.
18: There were def- oh, there was definitely younger. I saw loads of little kids. I saw a woman with a baby in a sling on this video and I just could not get over it. I was like, are you actually, well, like, okay, about your own health? But why but, they, but you see, that like?
1: that's because you're looking at her through your eyes. Through her eyes, um, she sees nothing wrong with what she's doing because she doesn't believe that this is an issue at all with regards to coronavirus or COVID as being a problem. That's why she hasn't yeah. got a mask. That's why she's got a baby in a sling. With She thinks differently to you.
18: And you'd hate to think, like, the amount of these people that in a week's time or in 14 days' time are going to come back with a COVID positive test. Are they going to believe it then? You know? Yeah. I like, thought, I thought what that is it going well, to take yeah, you yeah. to open up your eyes and see this is not 5G people? This is not a conspiracy theory. This is happening. This is killing off people.
1: But there's like 20, 25 people testing positive a day in Cork. I mean, it's kind of tiny.
18: Yeah, like. I cannot get over how little the numbers are in Cork. And one thing I will say about the protest or the rally, whatever you want to call it, that happened on Saturday, is how well behaved everyone actually was.
1: I'm glad you said that. What happened in yeah. Dublin? Yeah. Like
18: they, I will commend them for Cork people. And you know, like we have a mouth, we will mouth off, or we have to mouth off. But they were so well behaved.
1: Okay. OK, OK. Thank you for that. Have a good day today. Uh, if anything, the guards have gained my respect. Anyone who attended the march over the weekend should surrender their POP payment. As it's clear, they don't think they should have to abide by the rules, says Leo in Kinsale. Um, if the Gardaí are to give fines to people for going to the rally, then why was there no fines given to people, including TDs who attended the Black Lives Matters rally in Dublin, says James? Uh, the teachers should ask the children at school before they go to class if they were at the march. Those that did should be sent home this morning as they're putting the teachers and my children's lives at risk, says Kathleen, who's a concerned grandmother. Meanwhile, uh, if you're out and about within your 5K, perhaps it uh, might have taken you down Black Rockway. Dan, good morning. Good morning.
6: Good morning. How are you? You were there yesterday, is it? Yeah, about twelve thirty there I was driving home to me on place my Mahind there in Mahindir, and I was I drove down towards the like and the amount of people that was on the footpath uh, unbelievable and, they, and then you get the runners and they're running with the traffic when you're driving and the next thing they'll happen the after Pat onto the road and they're not even looking looking behind them. But anyway we to the place was jointed down there, right? And I believe after the marine it was jointed and there was a lovely walkway along the line. It was like someone, like a crowd going to a football match. Now, this five K is counterproductive. Because what their government are actually doing is they're holding people together in order to weather's getting fine.
1: Yeah, like, if, if it wasn't 5K, we wouldn't be having these calls about Black Rock no, Village. No, 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 we no. We wouldn't no. be having these calls about the amount of people on the line or in Fitzgerald's Park or in Balancholy Regional Park, should we?
6: Yeah, Balancholy was just as bad, I believe. But anyway, you see, it's counterproductive. They should lift the 5K. And I do believe that the majority of demonstrators yesterday, they know there is a virus there. But it's just five kilometer rule is getting to everybody's head. They just can't take no more of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's the truth of it now, you know.
1: So you're not you're not giving out about the people who go down there for a bit of fresh air or a coffee or a a pastry. I, I'm not. You can understand no why they're doing it.
6: Yeah, they have, have nowhere else to go. This is a problem. Yeah. I, but I, there's no checks
1: coming down to that place. I don't know, no. I was there Saturday. I was there Saturday, and I got a cup of coffee. I was there early enough for it not to be terribly busy. But uh, squad car came in. Guy on his own. He parked yeah, up guy. on he parked up on the pier wall, just there on the by the slip, and uh, he he was having a love, He was having a, a chat and a bit of crack with a bunch of people who were sharing a flask of tea or coffee or something. He,
6: which are they, they are The kind of people with the flask uh, that wants to go to a beach and just sit down and uh, go somewhere different. It's just them They'd have been safer just, on a
1: beach actually with their flask than they would have been of down course, in Blackrock. Right.
6: There's children and there's, there's families, they can't go to no beach or nothing. And it's just absolutely horrible.
1: Okay. And what did and you make uh, of the rally on Saturday?
6: Well, it's just people, they just can't take any more of it. Now. Let's be honest about it. They do know as a virus here. 90% of them knows that. You think? Witness this government crackdown, you know? Okay. That's horrible. But there's people, now listen to me a second. There's people, there's mobile home parks, right? There's people maybe paying five or six thousand a year for that. Now you might get a hundred more mobile homes in a pair. Why don't they, every week give a, give ten passes out for families? And only ten allowed on it at a time.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, but people would tear the hole out of it, you see.
6: Oh, they wouldn't, no, no, they no. would not, no, they, they, they'd respect it. It's a
1: bit like saying open the golf courses, uh, they that probably be oh, impossible to police it, you know.
6: Golf, I, I, are they open
1: again, I heard? No. no, no. No, 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 no,
6: no. But something's got to be done about this five kilometres, it's not free, especially in the elderly people
1: now. Okay, Um, the cases in Cork yesterday were 14, 14 cases in Cork yesterday, very low, isn't it? Very low. cases?
6: Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's low enough, that's going up. But we were lower altogether. But you see, people <laughs> health immunities, right? But they're putting everybody together, and it's counterproductive.
1: Okay, thanks for that. 14 cases in Cork yesterday. Cork continues to have the lowest 14 day incidence rate nationally. Um, apparently, ourself and Kerry are so, so low. Um, So low, actually, that Pat Phelan at the weekend was showing a diagram, showed a map of Cork, right? And he had a kind of a ring around Cork and Kerry on the Cork border and the Kerry border with all the other counties. And he says, uh Build the wall. Build the wall. Open up Cork and Kerry.
0: Text the Neil Prenderville show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Uh, there was an
1: assault at the lock apparently on uh, yesterday. Apparently, just Saturday night into into Sunday morning. The guards are investigating two separate alleged assaults that occurred at the lock. Uh, two injured parties, men aged twenties, one in his twenties, one in his forties, brought to the Cuh with non-threatening injuries. And that's why, at the moment, the scene is currently being preserved. No arrests have been made, investigations ongoing but apparently the reason that areas of the lock are cordoned off this morning is because of two separate assaults by all accounts. Lines are open at one 104 106 The guards wouldn't allow them to use the PA system, Neil. If you need to hear the speakers, it's all online. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, there was a PA system, but the PA system they had wouldn't pull the skin off a sausage. Uh, Neil is right. One arrest at the rally. The other man was a busker, and it took 14 guards to arrest him. The remainder were people trying to get to the rally from outside their 5K. Imagine a grown man being intimidated by a chopper does he feel the same when rescue choppers are saving lives come on that's just laughable says Eilish uh, well some regarded the chopper in the air as being OTT others would say that you need this kind of thing in case that anything kicks off but clearly it was obvious to me the minute I went in there half past one quarter to two that this was not going to be a problem there wasn't going to be trouble I mean you can call them idiots for not wearing masks if you want and getting too close and personal but It was never going to be any trouble. It wasn't that kind of a crowd. Can not understand these people that say they don't believe in the virus? It's worldwide, not just Ireland. You swear the Irish government are making this up. It's so annoying. Uh, Why would you wear a mask outside in the open air? Okay, well, I'm just reading these out. I'm not going to rebut them. That's not fair what Neil said, that people at the protest don't work. I would love to be been there, but I have children to mind and I would love to work, but the government have pushed my business into the ground. Morning, it's to control movement, to reduce movement to the virus, and it has worked, the current measures, says Andrea. They're plunkers, those protesters, they're driving me mad. Uh, was there was there many nurses and doctors at the protest? I wonder. Don't think so, as these people are educated about the virus. How uh, would you give me a break? One final one for now can't come on air. That lady Kerry is making my blood boil. I had treatment for cancer twice a week. I've seen loads of people getting treatment. I've also seen how busy the hospitals are. I have contracted COVID in early January. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Seeing is believing, people. Some people are just so gullible. Seeing is believing. And you've been through the ringer. Um, so we will come back to those texts on 0868104106 throughout the course of the morning. But I've got other stories to cover as well. So I'll jump back in on it again between now and midday. Uh, keep your calls coming. Keep your texts as well. Text 0868104106 and we'll return to it. Okay, so I'm just going to move on for now. Amy Barrett, good morning.
12: Good morning, Neil. How
1: are you? I'm well, but more to the point, um, it's been a couple of years since we last spoke. I think it was just after the sentencing of your dad. And how have you been? You've had a difficult few years.
12: I have, I suppose. It's just been kind of ups and downs and just getting through it as best I can. Um, After the case, it it did affect me a lot. It brought a lot back for me. Did so you I did you think
1: after the sentencing and after your dad went to jail that that would be closure, was it, but you found otherwise? Was that the case?
12: Um, maybe not fully closure. I mean, I, I was aware, fully aware that, you know, there would be certain things come back for me. Um, so I did kind of, I did hit rock bottom, I would call it really. You know, that's where I was after the case. I just found it difficult. I found, I suppose, the fact that there wasn't a lot of support around either. That, you know, I would be put on waiting lists or trying to find my own low-cost counselling service. That all added to the strain then as well.
1: You were looking for budget counselling?
12: I was. And not every counsellor is prepared to offer that. I mean, they, they... The price of counselling starts, I think, at around 60 euros upwards.
1: Like when a case like yours ended, you know, and the case against your dad, your case and the case of your sister, it was like somebody switched off the lights of support. You were left all on your own. Was it entirely different up to the case?
12: It was. And that's exactly my point, because when we went to court, we were, as you know, your witnesses for the state. So it's not our case as such. So we were well looked after. I mean, all our travel expenses were taken care of and they put us up in a hotel. I think it was one or two nights. You know, they paid for everything. They look after us. They were so good. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're on your own now. Find your own support from here. There's no after counselling. No,
1: there's no after counselling. There's no help after the event.
12: Like the rape Crisis Centre can offer yeah. some counselling as well. But I know that they have their waiting list. And while I would take up that service, somebody else has to wait for three to five months. I think it is in Cork. And while I was on the Nile Boylan show, somebody texted in that they had contacted the Dublin rape Crisis Centre and they were told they'd have to wait 12 months. So I suppose my point is it's not good enough.
1: And it's actually an awful lot worse for anybody now who's going through trying to get a court case against an abuser or a rapist I know this isn't connected in in what in regards to what you're actually saying regarding counseling but there's been there are long delays now sometimes 2 or 3 years because of covid delays yeah. um so, that's right. so God mean, knows a, the trauma a, that victims yeah. are going through
12: Well that's it and I had said it's actually devastating news to hear that that I know that it's you know everything that's going on with the pandemic. It took me about three years altogether from reporting the case to getting to court. And now you can add another year or two onto that because of the COVID. It's just, we need, we need the supports now for them. You know, we need to know it's there.
17: And talk to us
1: a little bit about, uh, you know, when when you started to struggle, I'm I'm sure there were also always issues from a very young age because of the abuse that you went through from from the age of eight to the age of 12, aren't I right?
12: Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Um, but, so I suppose, yeah. But, you know. The start
12: of my struggle would, would have been maybe after my first child, I'd say.
17: Right, right.
12: I'd say that's when it, it really started for me because I just got so, I suppose, trying to keep that secret to yourself for so long and not tell anyone. I mean, I would have told friends that I was abused. I wouldn't have told them too many details because I don't believe in sharing those horrible details, because once they get in your head, you cannot get them out.
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, you did have to do that in court. And of course,
12: I did. Um, yeah. And then yeah.
1: Yeah, was that was that when after all this was over, you would have the panic attacks, the nightmares, the the flashbacks, were you, were you in need of medication?
12: Uh, yeah. I would have had panic attacks maybe all my life, I suppose, really. Um, but they just would just get have gotten a lot worse after the case, we'd say, because I suppose I'm more conscious of things paranoid, even though there was an awful lot of support out there. You know, you still have this feeling like, do people really believe me? And, you know, do they think I made it up or, you know, because dad, he said that when he went to the guards, you know, he said, I don't know why my two daughters are saying these things about me. You know, they're lovely girls. You know, he he just denied it to the very, very end.
1: And incidentally, how do you, how do you feel about him now? Did I did uh, did I see somewhere that where you you still had love and forgiveness in your heart?
12: I do, yeah, and I know a lot of people find that difficult now to believe, but I mean there are two reasons really for me why I feel that way, and one is my faith um, teaches me an awful lot that um, I can. I'm in a place now that I can forgive him. That doesn't mean Dad has asked me for forgiveness and I just want to be clear as well that when you forgive someone that does not mean you have to have a relationship with that person unfortunately that's the price that has to be paid for what he has done I could never have a relationship with him but I can forgive him and the second thing then is that but but you me, just, but
1: just on that point you say he hasn't asked for forgiveness, has he yeah, expressed he sorrow?
12: No, nothing no, I have a, a civil case now against him at the moment because I'm trying to to get him to pay for my counselling. But um, he's even fighting me on that. So there's no sign of remorse there at all.
1: But in spite of all of that and this ongoing issue, you still forgive your dad?
12: Yeah, because that was my second point that I was going to get to as well, is that, you know, for me, there's no point in hanging on to this anger that I have towards him. Or I'm still hurt, I suppose. I probably always will be in that, you know, that place. But I just felt like the anger was holding me back from being healed, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. it's You know, it was holding me back and I just needed to let it go and say, right, you know, this is it now. I can't change the past. I need to move forward here.
1: But you're swimming against the tide without the help and support that you feel you were entitled to. Of course, you were entitled to it after the trial, after, um, you know, getting Uh, him convicted. I know he's your father and everything, but he needs to do time and he's serving a 10-year prison sentence for what he did to to both of you. But when was it that you became so suicidal that you actually formatted a plan?
12: I know that was probably the darkest case. I suppose, you know, the funny thing is, well, it's not kind of funny, I suppose. It's just at the start of all of this, when I just had my first child and I reached out to the Samaritans, I was suicidal then. I was in that desperate, dark, deep place again. Um, after the court, then the same place, I ended up back there again, just feeling that, you know, I was going to be just nothing but a hindrance to my family for the rest of my days. I was thinking that I'm never getting out of this. I'm always going to have these really bad times or moments in my life. And if, if this is the kind of life I'm going to have, I don't want any part of it. Yeah. yeah. But But now I see it differently. Now I see it like... It's like I've accepted I'm going to have the bad days, but I'm also reminding myself that there will be good days again and I'm not letting him win either. So that's how I pull myself out of it.
1: Well done. But your plan, where I hear tell you had everything ready and left the front door unlocked so that you'd be found, was that no. recently or are we looking at before the trial? Are we going back before 2017 as something from the 90s or the noughties?
12: No, that was just after the trial. After that was the trial. after the sentencing after the media contact, everything settles down and then I was left with everything in my head. So
1: it's quite recent around. still.
12: Yeah, it is.
1: And yeah. what changed your mind?
12: It's I suppose some people might find it hard to believe now, like, but I just heard a voice in my head saying, if I do this now, everything changes. And I I suppose because of my faith, I would like to think that that was God telling me in a way, look, you know, I'm not done with you yet. Don't do this.
1: Did you You always have that religious faith?
12: I did, but I grew up a Catholic. So um, I left that. I left all organized religion. And now I just, I just study the Bible. I just, that's where I get my strength from.
0: Is that what
1: saved you?
12: Definitely. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's what I really believe anyway.
1: But here we are nonetheless, with prisoners getting all sorts of psychological support, all sorts of rehab, uh, all sorts of help if you like and I'm including sex offenders in this and treatment but nothing for victims after the courtroom is finished
12: that's right like I said two words jumped out at me their care plan and their support Yes. and I, it just made me ask myself the question well where's our care plan and where's our support and why do we have to be put on long waiting lists I mean if you call the rape crisis centres or You know, the National Counselling Service, they're the ones really, the main ones you'd go to for the free counselling. And these people feel awful telling you that they have to put you on a waiting list because these are genuine, lovely people that really want to help you. And I would encourage anyone to don't be afraid to get in touch with the Ray Crisis Centre because they're brilliant people. I mean, I can't speak highly enough about Mary Curley, you know.
1: Not the first time I've heard that from somebody and it won't be the last Yeah, But where would we be without a a voluntary organisation like hers then?
12: I know. I mean, we need, like this has been going on for a long time. I'm actually really surprised that no one has highlighted this before, you know, that these waiting lists have been around for a long time. And the thing is that Tusla, who are in charge of all of these these counselling services are aware of the waiting lists, but there's still nothing being done.
1: It's all wrong, isn't it? Is it, Is it any wonder? It is. Is it any yeah. wonder when people hear stories like this that you hear of so many people not reporting um, assault, sexual assault or rape? Yeah. I mean, because they have to... Like, you, you went through so much throughout the years, as did your sister. Uh, you know, there were, you weren't believed. Uh, you were convinced not to go to the guards and things like that, if I remember correctly. You went again back in 2014 uh, to the guards again, and that's when... Any of the journey from when you decided to open up and, and have a prosecution started?
12: Convicted, I would be able to hold my hands up and say, you know what, I've done everything I can possibly do now. And I know that a lot of these cases don't make it as far as, you know, definitely go for it. And I mean, <laughs> well, the way I worked my way through this was I took and when it's happening. yeah. So I had to really take a step back and let this just go the way it was going to go. But I I kept telling myself, you know what, now I'll have done all I can do and I can't do any more after that. But
1: through the court process, I don't know whether I spoke to you about this the last time, was there a niggling feeling in your head that you weren't being believed and that he'd be found not guilty?
12: Um, There was at one point, I'd say after the first plea came in because he only admitted to the lesser charges Hmm. um, and it didn't cover me. And then I, I remember that day was a very difficult day for me. I think I cried all day that day but then eventually i mean he was pushed into a corner because we had so much evidence against him i mean we had a lot of statements there was a lot of there was uh, even evidence from him seeing i think it was a psychiatrist at the time that he had admitted what he had done to both of us
1: yes you know so there yes. was
12: there was too much evidence against him
1: what will your relationship be i assume you haven't visited him or anything like that
12: no, nothing like that. What
1: will your relationship be when he comes out, do you think? Have you thought about that? Will there be any?
12: No, like I said, there won't be a relationship with him. Um, and I suppose like he's getting older now and no one can actually look into the future and say, I'll do this and I'll do that because we don't know. No, we
1: don't. And
12: all I can say is that if he did decide to move back to you all, you know, I know that there's an awful lot of people in this town that are very angry towards Dad and what he has done. But I would urge people now that like to leave it be, you know, if that day does happen, because I that would break my heart if something did happen to him, you know. Um, But as far as relationship goes, I don't I won't ever have one with him.
1: For now, this campaign is for free psychological support to be made available for victims after their court case ends. I mean, even saying those words, it's so obvious that they should that those supports should be there. You know,
12: yeah,
1: really, really and truly.
12: It is like it is really like, I mean, and a lot of people probably just assumed it was there that we had a lot of support. I mean, I spoke to I'm in touch with Fiona Doyle as well, and she had to find her own counselling for the past 10 years. She's in counselling, but she's on a reduced rate and that's an awful lot of money for her to to have to pay out for her own. You know, it's just it's just not right. You would assume that it would continue on. You would think that it would be a
1: basic human right
12: yes particularly it is to something right.
1: particularly something that happened to uh, Irish in your case an Irish woman as a child
12: yeah and I suppose my friend always said this to me that you know do the state not have um, a duty of care towards me because I was a child when this happened you know and that's a fair point as well to make that you know do they not have a duty of care in general to these victims like of of all crimes really after the court case it's a difficult time for all people to have to go up into that courtroom. It's horrible up there.
1: Yeah, know? I mean, if it was a, a broken body part, it would be fixed an awful lot faster, wouldn't it?
12: Yeah, well, yeah,
1: You know? You what would I mean? hope. You know, <laughs> yeah. True enough. Um, would you say you're at peace?
12: Um, not complete peace, but I am in a good place now. I am definitely I feel like I am but like I said I am on medication a low dose medication now mm. to help me with that mm. and you know it's recommended that I stay on that for a while and I am going to I've not I've no shame in saying it because I think there's a bit of a stigma around admitting to you know feeling that way feeling like you need something to help you but I don't I've think no sti- I
1: don't it. think stigma's bother you Emmy I just don't.
12: No, I think no, you're in a very.
1: I think you're in a very strong place. I'm amazed. It's it's so interesting to hear that the Bible and your faith got you through all of this. So you, yeah. you 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 are of the belief that there's a better place to which you will ultimately go.
12: Definitely, you know, this is just for me. This is well, what the Bible tells us is this is just a passing journey yeah. here. We're just preparing for where we're meant to be.
1: That's a yeah. great belief to have. It really and truly yeah. is. It really and truly yeah. is. Listen. Do stay in touch. It's lovely catching up with you again, in spite of the shocking news that you're been paddling out your own canoe, and there are many others like you. But uh, it's yeah. it's good to chat all the same. Thank you so much.
12: And thanks very much again for having me on. I appreciate it. See, you, Amy. All right. Take care.
1: Awful thing to have to you know scramble and look for budget cut cut price. Counseling you would think that the state would be picking up the tab for all of that. Sally Hanlon called to say that their services are always available for victims of crime, uh, and they do fantastic work helping people in that regard and She said that if Amy wants to get in touch, she certainly would love to be able to work with her and help her so their uh, support after crime services are available, and they have a cork number it 's o two one four three two zero five 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 oh two one four three two Zero five five
0: five. Call the Neil Prenderville show now, 1850-104-106, okay. Red FM. Sean makes an awful lot of
1: points about uh, the city on Saturday, and one or two in particular regarding why did stores put up hoardings over the windows? Do they think that we're all thugs, people have a right and a duty to protest at the tyranny of this state? The people protesting on Saturday were a credit to themselves, to the city and to our country He says, I think St. Patrick's Day, Ireland's national holiday would be very appropriate for the next protest. Meanwhile, of course, other issues that have been uh, a consequence of uh, COVID and indeed all of the restrictions and the changes over the past 12 months includes people's mental health, I should say, and a worn out paramedic got in touch by email this morning. He says, I know that there aren't any official figures on suicide, um, but let me tell you, as someone who is a paramedic and working on the front line, A lot of our emergency calls now are to attend suicides. The most worrying thing is also these poor souls are so, so young and they can't take it anymore. On any regular night in the critical department unit, you can have up to four patients who have attempted suicide nightly. It's so sad seeing it and it has made my job so much harder. So for those who are saying this talk of an increase in suicide isn't happening, it is Uh, and it's signed worn out paramedic.
0: get it off your chest text the Neil Brinderville show now 086-8104-106 red FM thank
1: you for the text on tonight's uh, conversation interview with Oprah and the Royals Harry and uh, Meghan this has nothing to do with Ireland nothing to do with us nor would I pay a single euro to watch it Uh, well you are actually because RT bought the rights to it and they outbid Virgin so you're paying for it whether you like it or not Megan is a master manipulator and she's trying to repeat what happened to the late Diana which is now happening to her it will be an award winning performance Harry is a brat Time now, the Queen takes uh, his titles and his lineage to the throne away, says Shiona. Somebody else says, always remember Meghan Markle is an actress. Uh, On the Royals and the interview tonight, I think uh, as Prince Harry's grandfather is seriously ill in hospital, the timing of this documentary is in poor taste. Meghan is an actress and always will be Oprah, who is the face of Weight Watchers is another actress Like Megan. her family also rubbished many of her claims regarding her childhood and her family I imagine it's fair to say that birds of a feather they flock together says Anthony, another one, what a load of crap listening to that SHIT first thing in the morning we in the Republic don't want that better off listening to Mickey Martin than that At least he puts us to sleep with his dithering and mixed messages, says Jerry. There was somebody said to me the week and they were comparing two different photographs that they saw. It was actually a Twitter post. I can't remember who it was, but I thought, well, that's that's spot on. Um, Everybody was given out and talking about this photograph of the royal family that precluded in the photograph. Harry and Meghan at one stage and he was saying online, I don't know why everybody's getting so worked up about this photograph. That precludes Harry and Meghan from it, when they should be getting worked up about this photograph. And of course, it was a photograph of Prince Andrew and Epstein uh, walking in, um, in Central Park. He said, so that's the one they should be honing in on, Andrew. Uh, not Harry, nor Meghan, nor the Queen, nor the royal family. But anyway, uh, this is another clip that you're going to see tonight on the show, should you choose to watch it. Remember I was telling you that Harry said that his dad stopped taking his phone calls. Apparently at one stage, Charles said to him, Put it in an email is what he said. Put it in an email.
15: Two conversations with my father um, before he stopped taking my calls and then said, can you put this all in writing, what your plan is? Your father asked you to put it in writing? Yeah, Uh, he asked me to put it in writing. I put all the specifics in there, even the fact that we were planning on putting the announcement out on the 7th of January.
4: So you just said that your dad stopped taking your calls. Why did he stop taking your calls?
15: Because... I took matters, in. by that point I took matters into my own hands. It was like, I need to do this for my family. This is not a surprise to anybody, it's really sad that it's got to this point, but I've got to do something for my own mental health, for my wife's, um, and for for, Archie's as well, because I could see where this was headed.
1: I know, the whole thing's very cringy, isn't it? Watching the internal fighting of a family, and and what do we as Irish people care about any of this? Surely this is exactly what we're all against as Irish people and what we've been through. But there you have it nonetheless. Uh, Apparently, it's going to be well-watched tonight. Talking about watching things, I mean, this is the crazy world we live in these days. So, (sighs) I would even go on about people who start sentences by saying the word so. So, I'm currently looking for cheaper accommodation to help me save for a mortgage. But I'm shocked at what I found to be on offer. And... I don't know whether it's a he or a she, because it doesn't say. But here's one example. It's an advert over two pages. It says, shared bedroom with couple, females preferred. What's worse is someone was interested in the ad. People are actually viewing it. What is the world coming to? Who would want to share a room with a stranger, let alone a room with a couple and the beds pushed up together? Seeking females. Thought you might be interested. It's crazy the accommodation being offered these days, the conditions and the prices. And there's the ad. Double bedroom with own toilet facility available for sharing with a working couple. (laughs) Females preferred. One minute walk to the nearest bus stop. €350 plus utilities per month. So you pay your share of the bills and it's 350 And you're in the same bedroom as what they call a working couple they'd be working alright by day and by night would you do it? I remember years ago that happened to me actually in a bedsit years and years and years ago I mean I was in all sorts of bedsits and flats and all sorts of different places around the city but I suppose when you're young you kind of say yeah, why not here I go for it this buddy of mine What kind of half new, nice guy I haven't seen him in years he said um, I don't know why it happened uh, he said it's there the only chance that it was a bed set so everything is in one room you got the kitchen up at one end you got your bed down at the other and it was in a it was in a house and it was all split into rooms you lived in the room so the bathroom and the shower was down at the end of the house so everybody had to share that but he said um, would you like to split the rent i don't know why i did it like cuz it wasn't it wasn't if the rent was huge so all of a sudden then he arrives and puts the bed in Slightly away from mine, but it's such a small place, the next to each other, and that was fine for a day or two. I regretted it straight away when I saw how cramped it was, and you know, all of a sudden I was thinking, "Oh my god!" Like okay, I kind of liked it on my own, but within two or three days, I went home one day about five or six o'clock in the afternoon, and his girlfriend had moved in. I mean, it was it was awkward, and it went on for. I mean, she wasn't there all of the time, but two or three nights a week. So like he's inside in bed with the girlfriend kind of up on one arm kind of on his elbow chatting with me and she's next to him and I'm in the other bed and I'm thinking (laughs) how did I get into this and more importantly how would I ever get out of it I think the vibe everybody started picking up on the vibes of each other and the whole thing just I, I think I just moved oh I did I moved out and he took over the bed said, that's how it ended. So I got pushed out in the end. I went on to
0: bigger and better things, I hope. <laughs> this is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. One o four to one o six, Red FM. Let's
1: go back to the phone lines on this Monday morning, and uh, I'll have a conversation with Grace in a few minutes' time. I probably have the wrong line, so we'll come back to it. But it's International Women's Day today, lads. Um, and there's some interesting research out. It makes the Examiner today, where they compare the sexes. Some would say it's not a good thing to be comparing and contrasting anybody, but I think the research is is, is damn strong because they look at women in the workplace, and they look, look at women on boards in the workplace, and they look at women caring for children or other family members while still in the workplace by comparison to men and unfortunately there's still a big imbalance there in the sense that uh, the amount of women who are working in the community are less than men, the amount of women on boards of companies in the community are three times less than men, the amount of women who are working and also caring for children and other family members is higher than the figure for men, the amount of women who are cooking and engaging in housekeeping every day is twice as high as men. The amount of women at risk of poverty in this country is higher than men. The interesting one I see here is the amount of women, who, the amount of people who have graduated from third level education, it's higher for women than it is for men. So they certainly are leading there and that in itself might well and truly lead to change. But when you look at the pay gap, and I know this is when they go on about uh, with regards to RTE all of the time, you have two people sitting in front of a television screen. One is male and one is female. And for some bizarre reason, the male who does the exactly same job as the, as the female, and some of the females doing it an awful lot better than the men, she's paid less. So the gender gap is still there. It Actually, to, to round it off, the examiner said this morning that for every woman that earns 86 cents, every man earns a euro. Can you follow that? So they say women earn fourteen percent less than men per hour in Ireland. Uh, now, I know the people say, ah, yeah, but that depends on the profession and that depends on the type of job and stuff like that. But when you average it all out across all of the professions, men are earning fourteen uh, percent more than women. so the average weekly wage, the last stat they have is two thousand and eighteen and may have improved in the last three years, but the last one was the weekly age of a wage of a woman. 517 euro. The weekly wage of a man, 660 euro. Big change there. Big difference there, isn't it? When you look at it annually for the same year, women earned 32,000, while men earned 39,500. Same jobs. Um, No, actually, I shouldn't say that. It's not the same job. It's when you average all wages in all professions. Not that that should make any difference, but that's the, the gap. But the big one is when you look at all professions, men working, all professions, women working, men are earning 14 cent more in the euro than women. Uh, lines are open on that and lots more besides on one 104 106 You can text 0868-104-106. Uh, is that line fixed? I'm just wondering. No, it's not. Okay, so we'll come back to it throughout the course uh, of the morning. It has more to do actually with... Um, the announcement on Friday regarding women in pregnancy and COVID uh, and COVID births of babies. You remember that where they were saying uh, on Friday morning the news broke about four cases of a thing called COVID placentitis. Uh, it had to do with stillbirths um, regarding COVID. Uh, I, actually we got straight on to the HSE and we got straight on to the CUMH for a spokesperson to allay the fears of Cork women um, and I find it very frustrating a lot of the time dealing with government departments. And I find it very fr- frustrating a lot of the time in the last 12 months dealing with, with the HSE. They refuse to make anybody available. I mean, can you believe that? At a time when they're tripping over each other, get on to RTE. I mean, some weeks back, I spoke to a professor who was the head of the vaccine rollout. And I wanted to arrange an interview with him just to see how the vaccine would roll out, how they proposed it would roll out. And he agreed uh, to come on air. He was mad keen, very excited to talk about the rollout of the vaccine. But he said, you have to go through the Department of Health through the HSE. So that's what we did. We went through the big machine that is the HSE. um, And they completely and utterly ignored us. Now, I don't know whether it's me or whether it's you guys they don't give a damn about, but it fell completely on deaf ears. And again on Friday, pregnant women worry about worrying about being pregnant and giving birth or having a stillbirth. Um, no one, they made no one available whatsoever. It's a bit like, I mean, I know it's another story, but it's like it's a bit like trying to get a spokesperson for Ryanair. There's huge amounts of customers out of Cork, but yet they never, ever put anybody forward when you ask them to put somebody on air. And trying to talk to Michael O'Leary... Forget about it. But anyway, it's just it just makes me so angry. It's so frustrating. Anyway, Grace. Good morning.
3: Hello, Neil. How are you? Are you
1: worried? You're four months pregnant. Are you worried regarding this story from last Friday?
3: Um, not really. To be honest with you, I think okay. I think still have always been there, and I think now, there's they're related to COVID, like there's nothing proven. It's under investigation. So there's nothing really. You know, it's not 100 proven. So I think being pregnant anyway can be a worry for a woman. Um, you know the whole process. until you have your little baby in your arms. is, is a worry I would find for myself yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I think uh, to be quite honest, I just the less I know about that at the moment, the better. I just I just feel that's. So do you
1: think? Of, do you think time. it was actually wrong to publish an article like that? And just because all that was said, if I remember correctly, was the advice was for pregnant women to carry on as normal. So why bother worrying them?
3: Exactly. That's the way I completely feel about the whole thing. Um, I think the article was very unnecessary, I think it was awful, I think it's putting, you know, it's scaring women that you just don't need to, that fear added to pregnancy, you know, it's it's there's a lot to deal with hormones anyway when you're pregnant and then t- that on top of it all, I, I'd say something it was proven, but it's not, so, you know, I think I'd just leave that be for the time being until there was more evidence.
1: And. Are pregnant women taking any more precautions now, do you know, than, say, when we weren't in lockdown or COVID or a pandemic?
3: I would definitely feel personally, I just feel I'm a lot more wary of it. Like I was, you know, taking my precautions anyway, but I just feel, I suppose, it's not just myself anymore. You know, I'm I'm carrying a baby now, so I feel I've also got that worry. So, yeah, I probably am not that I'm doing anything different, but I am more conscious of it.
1: Well, you're probably not mixing or socializing, obviously. That's no. one big change.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: But other than that, like, there's not any kind of different supplements or medical advice that you're taking, no?
3: No, vitamin D, they've been saying, you know, to, yeah. to spray that underneath your tongue. And I was doing that anyway, even before I got fell pregnant um, because I, I work for the public anyway. Um, but now, obviously, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I'm still taking it.
1: Yeah, um, it, it just seemed a bit OTT at a time when... People have enough to be worrying about. Do you, you think that it should never have been written, never mind published, and that nobody should have had to read it?
3: Um. Yeah, that's probably... Yeah, I would feel like that. I genuinely think there's enough. I think having a baby... I This is my second pregnancy. Um, so, obviously, it's, it's very different. I just feel there's enough, especially if... I don't know what... I'd hate to be a first-time mother, in a sense. I just feel... I kind of know what's ahead for me. I, You know, my husband could come to my first, you know, all the scans the last time. Yeah, I think there's enough to deal with at the moment, being quite honest. Um, yeah. 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 my I've more fear of going and having the baby and my husband not being able to be there with me, you know, just only being there for such a short time. I'm more worried about that than a stillbirth at the moment. I, know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's enough to deal with. And when you're pregnant, I just feel, you know, you don't need that stress yeah, you know yeah.
1: particularly when the advice the particularly extent. when the advice is only along the lines of carry on as normal exactly you know what i mean don't there are no precautions necessary other than the normal
3: no. ones. Um, and i just think we're dealing with precautions as best as we can anyway like you know as i say i am pregnant but there's i've been doing all these anyway the last 12 months there's nothing majorly different you know either any of the lockdowns that i've been doing so I think you just need to take care of yourself, really, and, and not worry about best it.
1: Best of luck with it, best of luck. Is your your business is closed at the moment, is it?
3: Yeah, my business is closed, yeah. Are We're you worried about that? Um, I am and I am not. You're in fashion, are you? Business. We're in fashion, at yeah, it's a closed shop. So we started an online boutique. Um, the first lockdown, I got the website up and running. And to be honest, I, I made my business, you know, I'm still there. We're doing really well. And um, without it, I probably wouldn't have survived. And that's being very honest. But yeah. the online has been
1: brilliant. So the upside to all of this is that it forced you into sorting out an online portal, didn't it?
3: Yes. I've never had to change my business so quickly in the last 12 And
1: months. you will never go back from that. This will be a new string to your bow.
3: Yeah, it's a new part of my business, even though my primary, my, my heart is in a shop. but Like, yeah. the shop is what I want. And I, I love people. I love people coming in and out. and yeah. You know, there's a great, um, there's great job satisfaction in that, but the online is keep us going thankfully.
1: You know, forgive me now for not knowing all of the correct terms, but I think one of the businesses online is—is uh, is it ASOS? Is that one? of
17: them?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and other ones like that, Boohoo, and people like that—they have no interest whatsoever in bricks and mortar. Never did.
3: No, but they are a million times bigger than what I. No, but,
1: but, but what, what I'm saying—that's the way the world is going. They're not interested in lighting and heating no. or businesses or premises or rates. Yeah,
3: and that's true. And online is definitely probably the way forward. I'm probably a bit old-fashioned in my way of thinking. But like, I've been very busy. Any of the times we reopened after all the lockdowns, we were really busy. People still want to go out and about. You know, there's something about girls coming in on a day, you know, shopping together, going for lunch Oh, afterwards.
1: I know it. I know it. And so you many know, people are I looking forward to that. You
3: okay know for that to ever go, so...
1: That kind of retail therapy, right?
3: Yeah, and like yeah. I've built up friendships over the years in my shop. So, like, you know, I you know, people I they know about my family, I know but their families, I know what they're doing at the weekend. You know, you can't
1: You also know what would the suit shop. them or what wouldn't, or what they might look exactly. like the bride of Frankenstein wearing, you know? Exactly. you have know, the ability to coax them or encourage yeah, them yeah it's or...
3: more than just the business really yeah I
1: know I know anyway <laughs> listen you'll be back you'll be back yes, best be of luck far. on the baby and we'll talk again cheers for thank now. you very Take much care. Grace King is the care. owner of Silk, uh, Silk Peaches <laughs> Boutique in Bellancolic also online now Miles good morning. good morning good morning how are you kid were you fined on Saturday coming up from Mala I was okay tell me all about it what happened you set off for well, the rally an hour before
8: I caught the bus I saw him at the bus stop. I said, Are you stopping people getting the bus? I said, No, but we're giving five hundred pound fines. I said, Do You want to take my number down? No, because in an hour I'm getting on the bus, so they did. Um But I'm not gonna pay the fine, I'm gonna try and go to higher courts and make a president case and then I'll, I'll, I'll be the end
1: of it. But wait, the the you were standing where? At the bus at the bus stop. Yeah, For the cork boss, is it? They were pleasant enough about it, you know what I mean? They were very nice.
8: I, I told them if anybody denies me my constitutional rights, uh-huh. they'd be done for a repression.
1: For repression? Uh, yeah. Okay.
8: So my, my constitutional rights. The Constitution hasn't been overturned. We have no referendum. So I still have a constitutional right. So what... and if, if the Constitution is bound, the United Declaration of Human Rights gives me a right to travel.
1: So they said to you, what do they say? Are you going to Cork and what reason is it?
8: Well, I, I, I asked them if the stopping people getting on the bus. I said no, but we're giving them 500 hundred pound fines. And so I'll take my number now because I'll be catching the bus in an hour. And sure enough, I came back an hour later. I was getting on the bus and said, you're going to get a fine. I was looking forward to hearing from you. I already warned them. I'm going to go further with it. But did this they is, take your address though? Constitutional
1: yeah, but did they take your address?
8: Oh yeah, I gave me the address before an hour beforehand because I warned them I was getting on the bus.
1: And did they write it all down? Yeah, yeah. And they did say to you, you are going to get a 500 euro fine. Yeah. Okay.
8: Okay. Well, that fine didn't actually say how much. A hundred well, maybe? Is it a hundred or hundred
1: and fifty? I think one of the two. Right So Either way I'm not paying it What will you do when the fine arrives then?
8: I'll frame it It's going to be part of Irish history Okay The time the, time the government is more than any
1: other time. And will you go to court? I'll have to And what if you refuse to pay a fine in court and the judge says he's going to give you a week in jail?
8: Then I'm going to do my week. Do you think that a prison governor has time for somebody that caught a bus? And what, who's going to release a murderer?
1: <laughs> so you think that you'll go in to Cork jail, be processed and just be left go straight away?
8: I should imagine. But I'm going to repeal that anyway. So you're kind of looking... High to go look to at a higher court and make a precedent case. So l- nobody else can be fined.
1: You're kind of looking forward to getting the fine then, are you?
8: I actually went to the beach the other day hoping to but there were nobody there
1: <coughs> Why do you find that funny though when many other people would love to go to the beach but don't?
8: Uh, well it's, it's sickening this because people that are rich enough to live within distance of the beach have got it to themselves out there so okay TDs can go to the beach they can go golfing they can do what
1: they want No, no no, 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 no no. and they can't go to the beach if they don't live 5 kilometers. and they can't go golfing full stop well, they did. Oh, golf, remember, golf yeah, 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 yeah,
8: yeah. And tell, and tell um, me, okay. If you live within five kilometres, you can
15: go to the beach, surely
1: Okay, and you tell know, me, what did you the, think uh, of You can, yeah. Well, I mean, it's your beach, if you are within five k of it, then you can walk on it all day long. But this what, is what I'm saying. What so did you make of the rally then? Live near the beach. I just finally. There's no beach in Mallow, though. No. So tell me, what did you make of the rally? All right. Well, that's it
8: went down very well, okay. very peaceful. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guys were very nice, except for the ones in the response vehicles. They were really annoyed because they weren't getting any word They wanted to go and bash some heads. They, <laughs> they did not want
1: to go and bash
8: some. Oh, heads. they did. I spoke to them. It's going very, very friendly and smooth, isn't it, lads? And I just got thrown at. They can't wait to go in with the truncheons.
1: Not at all. I was there as well. I just can't agree with well,
8: that. Just just the attitude on them and the response vehicles. They were near the bus station. They, the, the common plod that walking around, they were all friendly and I was chatting to them. And
1: the common plod were very friendly, the rapid response yeah. vehicles, not so.
8: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right.
8: I tried speaking to a couple of the response vehicles, they just gave me a dirty loop. They didn't like me saying it's all going peaceful, isn't it, lads? <laughs> it's a
1: dirty look. Did you have any problems getting back to Mallow on the bus? No, they didn't try and no. find you? No okay. no, okay. I've never had a trouble going to Mallow before because I go regular. Will you tell me I'm when you Mallow get the before. fine? Will you will you come back to me and just let me know when the fine arrives? Yeah, but I go
8: regular. Today, they're always stopping people because it's denying us our constitutional right to protest.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe if you'd worn a mask, you might have got a better reception from people, you know? Protest with the mask I, I've on. I've got physically.
8: medical exemption for that.
1: All right. Okay. This
8: is why I'm sick of this this lockdown rules. i have going in supermarkets and being refused to be served.
1: Oh, you don't wear a mask I in the supermarket?
8: Uh, any particular supermarket, obviously. You wouldn't want me doing that.
1: What do they say to you?
8: Uh, you're not putting my life at risk.
1: And does that annoy you?
8: Oh, of course it annoys me. Yeah. Uh, I, I complained on a website and they said, oh, the manager will contact you in two days. A few times they've done that. Uh about a week ago but would it, would it not would it hurt you that much to put
1: a mask on for the 10 minutes you're inside in the supermarket? I can't why cardiovascular problems? Yeah, but you're well able to talk to me there I mean like I yeah. am,
8: but I'm not wearing a mask with a mask And I'm not
1: walking I'm sitting still okay, okay okay, so do you not say to them I can't wear it for medical reasons Yeah and they still yeah. ask you to leave?
8: No, I, not I as easily. just refuse to serve
1: me. Okay, 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 my man. Listen, thanks for taking the call. Let me know when the fine arrives. All right, appreciate well, it. Thing okay, I
8: apologise for having the loudspeaker on and re- Not re- to talk, Miles.
1: No, you're fine. You're but fine. I'm a you're okay well you got through the conversation uh, just I fine you to the public. take care of yourself I'll talk to you when the fine arrives we'll have some more chats at that stage lines open at 1850 104 106 big response actually uh, from my conversations on Friday regarding regarding uh, Gordon Elliot um, the horse trainer sitting on the dead horse so we'll do all that and calls on the way after the break
7: the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850
1: 104 106 you betcha you can also email Neil at uh, Red FM and get in touch with me on my own Instagram page as well oh, oh, interestingly as well on, on the weekend I saw a Facebook live um, it was the cannabis protester Martin Condon, he went to Anglesey Street Garda station at the weekend with a cannabis plant a small little, cute little cannabis plant um, tiny little one in a pot and also some cannabis in his pocket and he went as an act of civil disobedience, he says the um, he was protesting because CBD stores were being raided and what have you. And he went in. I think he was saying in the video that the guard was saying, to him, "Are you serious about this? Do you really want to do this? Uh, he wanted to be prosecuted so he could have his day in court. So the guard took all his details inside and hanging to street. And I imagine that he left the cannabis plant as evidence and he left the cannabis as evidence and he went on his merry way and is now awaiting his uh, court date so he can protest in court. So that was an act, he called it, of civil disobedience. Um, asking to be arrested, he wasn't actually physically arrested but he will be issued now with some kind of a fine or a summons to appear in court, might get an opportunity to talk to him uh, at some stage during the week Lines open at one 104 106 so I would tell you about my own story there earlier on with regards to uh, bed sits. and then because it started with a, uh, an ad that says that there is a bed for rent but you're sharing the room with another double bed and a couple in the double bed so you're in the same bedroom as them and it's €350 a month in balancolic and you also share the utilities Um, uh, obviously they say also um, that woman I mean I don't know who you're sharing the bed with Is it uh, the room with is it you and two other women in the bed because they're saying female preferred not quite sure why because in the double bed it could be a man and a woman so I don't know what the back story to that is but Trish good morning
19: Hi Neil, how are you?
1: Good, did you have a bed-sit back in the day? I think bed-sits are back again now. They were banned for a long time. I think they're back now, aren't they?
4: Well, they're supposed to be loads, yeah. yeah. When, when I came to Cork first, like, you know, being green from the country, sisters, and we were very green then, like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> When's this? The back end of the 70s, was it? 79. Okay. Where'd you come up from West Cork? Yes. And you come up with a buddy of yours, is it? Pardon? Did you come up with a friend? Is it the two of I you? I
4: came on my own. I said a Dean.
1: Okay, so you needed somewhere to live. Go ahead.
4: And, well, I, we went to anchor, we, I went to Anchor first and I, I, had, I, was, I had accommodations provided there. You paid for whatever it was, not it? Okay, I got Anchor
1: go. would have been fast back yes. in the day, yeah.
4: Exactly. Yeah. And then I got a job in Sunbeam so we had to get. I was looking for accommodation. I saw the other girl anyway said so we said we'd go together. So we got a uh, place in near quite close to the city centre, and um, there was two beds. Fine. There were there were uh, six beds onto the wall. That, we, that was grand anyway. We went along there. at all and I don't know whatever it happened. Six, six beds. Whatever. No, sorry, the six fi- fixed beds. There were six on the wall. Beds. You
1: know? Okay. Six yeah. Okay.
4: Beds. Sorry. Yeah. And. Um, just not at all the landlord decided he'd come in and paint the place I mean like you think he should have done that before we moved in but anyway no he was going to paint the place and of course my, the other girl had a very infectious laugh like she was always laughing we kind of had a joke about what did you do with a man with glasses and those are, how do you remember a glasses this is a laugh like anyway, anyway, with us anyway what's wrong with men with any-
1: glasses anyway that's for another day
4: yeah that's for another day we, 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 we get around that No, but we didn't know then but uh, anyway, he decided he he painted the place anyway. And he was painted this anyway. And um, I went to the loo as the loo was well, it wasn't wasn't that far away enough from the from the room, like. But he locked me out
1: Uh-oh. of the room. Uh-oh.
4: So <clears throat> after that, there was three in my relationship because she had come everywhere with me. She could never stay at home alone. I could stay at home alone, but she
1: couldn't. What What <laughs> happened when he when he locked the bedside door? he tried to do something but did he really like did she tell you that he did
4: she did yeah she told me yeah but uh,
1: he tried it on
4: a little bit yes yes
1: so she was clearly panicked did she try and unlock the door and get out
4: she, she couldn't He had a compromise shit. and how did you get in well I, I eventually I mean then he did open the door eventually
14: because
1: you were banging I did, on it,
4: it. Oh, yeah I, well I was banging it but I did which one opened the door I can't recall that Bill but uh, she was, I mean, she was frightened, but I mean, she used to always have this laugh, like it, because I suppose he must, have, he must have felt for the laugh anyway. But, um.
10: Yes, that was. It, bad was news.
4: it was kind of a shock actually, you know, because every time I. I there was no phones in the course, you know, in those days, when I'd send you a letter home, I'd say, please note my new address, because we moved a few times.
1: Well, there would have probably <laughs> been, you know, with a lot of these flats, if you were lucky, there might have been a call box in the corridor, you know, push button A, push button B, put your money. I don't in.
4: think there was any call box in this list.
1: Public phone, no.
4: I see your man was too. He was too, like, he was a businessman. He should have known better. I mean, of course, if we knew what, if we knew then, how'd we not know? Yeah, I know. We would have, we would have, she'd have gone further.
1: Yeah, I know you'd be young and naive. Yeah,
4: young and naive. Yeah, very young and naive, yes, but it was, it was fairly frank, you know, I'd have to say. And from that day
1: on, then, she'd shadow you everywhere you went, was it?
4: Exactly, but he'd be snooping around the place as well. You'd see him around the place as well, you know, I mean, so.
1: God. Oh, a creep! I mean, I was actually—I
4: don't—but there was eight, nine, eight or nine rooms in the house.
1: Yeah, you'd have houses turned into bedsits, where every single room would be just yours. So you'd have the bed in there. You might have a table. You'd have a cooker and a fridge, but you'd share the bathroom and you'd share the the shower. You know?
4: Yeah. And they were cheap. I don't I I couldn't remember price Uh, now. As I can't tell you that.
1: Small money, certainly in the seventies, there was huge choice there in off-let. Yeah, but the weeds
4: were very small as well.
1: But you enjoyed coming up to the city in spite of all of that carry-on with your man.
4: Oh, yeah. like, he didn't do anything to me.
1: No, but I'm saying just, you know, you know you were a young girl oh, in the yeah. city for the first yeah. time. Lots to see, lots to do.
4: Yeah, those, yes. It was just good all days, right? So, I mean, it changed times now, like for anyone coming to Cork. But then for... I don't think people, people would live like that anymore, anyway, no. I know. I mean, so... if, if a person wasn't having a suit, no, they'd be, uh, they'd be rocks, like
1: Yeah, but bedsits are back now again, just because just of... Sheer necessity, you know. I, I, well, mean, I, I had a few yeah. of them. I had a few of them way, way back. They were grand. I mean, what else did you need as a young flea? You know what I mean? You, and you paid the price accordingly. It was cheap.
4: Oh, you it got- was. Just one other thing, that was about the, about this was about a house house share that they were on. here out know, the, the the bedroom for the amount of hours that you needed it for. You know, there was there to be three shifts in the day in the in the room. Heard that. And this this generally did happen because eh, I knew the guy. He was actually he was coming from Limerick every day, and he was saying, you know, if you got a place in Cork, idea, like, was, that was it be ideal. Like, but Chuck does that's the ideal in the place he got in Cork, so he went back. To, he went back traveling every day again.
1: But this would have been where you're actually sharing the bed, and what they shift. wanted was people on shift work, so somebody would Egg. be sleeping in it by day when I'm out, and they'd be working by night when I'm sleeping in it, kind of thing.
4: Exactly, but it was only to the three to three m a three shift. There had to be three cycles, like three eight hours.
1: Would that be with the same sheets though? Oh, don't talk with
5: that, no. All
1: right, okay. I'll let you get on. That's for another day. Thanks for that. This is a shared bedroom. So the ad said, I'm currently looking for a cheaper accommodation i would be safe for a mortgage, but I'm shocked at what I came across. Shared bedroom with a couple, females preferred. Uh, That was the ad. Double bedroom with your own toilet facility available. Balancholic for sharing with the working couple, females preferred, €350 plus utility. And apparently, people were looking at it. They are desperate enough to perhaps share a bedroom with a couple in the double bed and you in the single bed. That's why I was talking about my own experience with the, with the, with the bedsit back in the 70s. Back after the break, one 104 106
0: The Neil Prenderville Show. On Twitter, at NeilRedFM.
1: Lines open at 1850, 104, 106 for the day that is in it today. I didn't want to go off air without marking the fact that this is International Women's Day and many people were texting across the weekend when I was told, when we were talking about this on, on social media and what have you to say, yes, it is. uh, And there's still a huge amount of disparity between men and women, but it's about celebrating, I suppose, International Women's Day and how far on the journey Women are coming with a lot more to go. But an awful lot of the texts and tweets I saw had to do with the Debenhams ex-workers, um, primarily women. Um, and they are 333 days on strike today, International Women's Day. Uh, and with that in mind, just a quick chat with uh, with Valerie. Valerie, good morning.
19: Good morning. How are you? Uh, is, it, is it
1: 24 on strike? Is that the right number?
19: 24 on strike.
1: And all women or the vast majority women?
19: Uh, predominantly women yes okay, okay. there would be a few men coming out with us
1: but it's mostly women and on International Women's Day you're there again today right across the country right outside Devon. yes
19: so at least 10 of the stores today are doing something outside their store uh, just to highlight International Women's Day uh, to highlight a sector that's predominantly women
1: that's true yeah because by and large it mainly it's not all women but the majority are women in retail
19: Yes, yes, it's mostly women that would be uh, in these jobs, just like catering, and you know. So it's it's their sectors that rely on women.
1: It also shows the resilience of women. You believe that you would be thirty three days undaunted.
19: Well, that's three hundred thirty three days. My apologies. Three hundred thirty three days today. um, I don't think uh, a man would have stood out here for three (laughs) hundred thirty (laughs) three days. So it does show, as you said, the resilience of women.
1: And you will continue to do so if it takes another 333 days.
19: Well, this day next year, we could end up being still out here for International Women's Day. I hope I hope not. I hope the predominantly men government will look after us at that stage and uh, prove to us that they can look after us.
1: It's a tough one on you, it really and truly is. It's just yeah. so, so frustrating, isn't it? Are you making any headway whatsoever with regards to getting a decent redundancy package?
19: Um, no. No, no. Being honest with you, I could, you know, kind of uh, take my way around, skirt my way around that. But really, no, there isn't,
1: you know. Are, are they hoping that sooner or later you will just give up?
19: Yeah, obviously, um, he did say he did say on your show, Mihal Martin, that the three million offer is still there, and we know that's still on the table. Um, but people don't want to do courses, and they don't want to go back to college. People need to pay bills. Yeah, people need to pay mortgages, and that's not going to help them.
1: So, give the three million to those that, that are losing their jobs, and forget about this upskilling and retraining.
19: Exactly, exactly. I don't think we're talking, I don't think we're asking a lot. We've come down from our two plus two, you know, which is a a big... Which is which is a big deal for us. So I don't think at this stage that we're asking enough. Okay,
1: I didn't want the day to go without checking in with you on International Women's Day. Three hundred and thirty-three days on the picket. Thanks for taking the call, Valerie. Appreciate Thank you. It.
4: Thank
1: Cheers you. For now. Bye. Text 08 6 8 104 106. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I went through the different disparities when it comes to uh, women and men, certainly in the workplace and the difference in in salaries on a weekly or an hourly basis. I may come back to that in the morning. But on Friday, I had, uh, you know, we got um, lots of great texts from people wishing Damien well, having quit the fags and broken up the cigarettes and smashed the fags box. And they were saying things like, you know, don't worry about putting on weight. I'm off them six months. I feel great. The first week is the hardest. After that, they say, if you stay off them for 28 days... You're more than likely to stop for good. Well, that was fr- that was one of them. Best of luck, Damien. I gave up 17 years ago, and everyone backing them. But take it day by day, and you will be fine. Um, I said I would check in again with them after the weekend. See how went, Damien. Um, good morning. Not so good, I believe. No, the resilience of women would
20: be fantastic. I, I just listened to that there. You know. <laughs> We're a letdown.
1: There are 333 days on a picket line and you couldn't stay off fags for the day.
20: Did you get through well, the uh, day? No, hang on. Hang on. T- okay, so Friday, right, so I, I, I smoked 40 a day. On Friday, I smoked 7. On Saturday, 15. Sunday, Liverpool were playing Bear in Mind on Sunday, 15. Today,
1: zero. Am I supposed to congratulate you for that seven fifteen fifteen zero? Is it? <laughs> well, I went from that. I, I would have smoked.
20: I would have smoked like a hundred and thirty, and I smoked like thirty seven.
1: Like every fag that you had there on the seven seven and fifteen, you had to go out of the house, out to the garden, smoke it, and come back in. Is it? Just open the back
20: porch, really, and um, if it was raining, it might have helped
1: but uh, no look look. so when we uh, get I, off here at midday how soon after that did you have a fag
20: oh I didn't have one until four o'clock I'd where'd,
1: where'd you get them where'd you get you told me you broke them all up I <sighs>
20: had to buy a pack you Neil know, I had to buy a pack I, I went in with got a pack of Rizzlers and I, all the ones I broke up I just took all the tobacco and put them in <laughs> not
1: only not only could you not stay off them you're also mean <laughs> <laughs> Reusing the dried
17: tobacco I
20: thought you said you got a vape. I do not have a vape, unless I'm using today. I get a look. See, I have a vape so, today, that's why I'm not uh, I just I don't you know, I know, I just don't know. Genuinely I don't know, I would like You weren't ready, is this? Was, you're ready was, now, oh you weren't heart. ready. Huh? I, just looking, I sat looking at the broken cigarettes for about four hours on the table and I was like oh my God, what did you do? <laughs> you know, what did Neil make you do actually? And I was like, and then my, then I had, you know, message support from my friends. Will I drop you up a pack of skins? Um, and, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> friends no, is it. right. But like this morning, like I suppose before nine o'clock in the morning and it, this is it's terrible. I'd wake up at seven and I, I might have six cigarettes before nine o'clock. Well, before I bring my daughter to school in the of that just smoking away. Darn. But I, I've used a bait today.
1: Okay, um because Tony is saying patches all the way. I was a forty a day man like Damien. I'm seven years free. I started with the heavy dose patch and I worked my way down. I also went mad on the mints. Yeah. And lots you have
20: the patches, which I have on map, and I bought the inhaler as well. So I have all these here.
1: You've got all the gear now, so there's no yeah,
20: excuses. I'm prepped. I'm prepped. I'm ready to go because I, do- I, told- I was walking the, the dog with my daughter yesterday and she said Daddy when are you giving up cigarettes and I told her a story well I tell you when you were in school on Friday I was actually on the radio and <laughs> I'm ready to give up tomorrow good she said because you're telling me now two years so
1: this is uh, it so you, you're, you're ready now this time you weren't ready because yes, I bullied no. you on Friday but now you're ready absolutely I'm ready
20: I'm ready yeah and I've no more uh, no more broken cigarettes uh, to, to put
1: into so you've got a fag box there right now don't you no where no. are they gone just you smoke them all they're gone
20: I've nothing I've just had a vape and I I dropped my daughter to school this morning straight past all the shops I didn't even get a breakfast roll
1: oh my god you really are serious I, yeah no fruit. breakfast roll fruit uh, it was it,
20: it was it was wasn't great to be honest. I would have preferred the breakfast roll. Yeah, no, you know, no, I I'm
1: mean, d- don't go doing too much, you know. Don't bite off too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, go back to the breakfast rolls and you know all the other things that you do for now, just to get you over the first week or so, you know. we we'll allow you dispensation on a jumbo breakfast roll. Yeah, and as I said,
20: Liverpool were playing yesterday. Stress levels through the roof. Yeah. <laughs>
1: bad result oh. bad result you, <laughs> Just you, a small bad you, you'll come up with all sorts of excuses you know to go back smoking so be careful of that be, I won't be careful of that little monkey on your shoulder I'll talk to you again during the week and see how you're no going no problem right. cheers, cheers for to now you. take care bye Take bye, care. Bye, bye, bye. Johnny says the hardest thing to do I tried to give up on numerous occasions no good it's a desperate habit to break keep on trying. That's what they say. Try harder. I quit after Stephen's Day 2020. The gum really helped. I replaced the smoking with walking as I didn't want to put weight on after giving up. In fact, the walking has done more for my own mental health than I could ever have anticipated. I was on 20 fags a day, so if I can do it, he can too. Gillian says, the first week is the hardest. After that, they say, if you stay off them for 28 days, you are more than likely to stop for good. He's trying to get through Monday. Never mind 20 Eight days, so one day at a time. My man quit in December night 2019 after being a heavy smoker for 54 years. She's flying it. I gave up myself in January the 7th this year. I'll be two months off them on Sunday and I haven't looked back. It's early days but I'm determined to keep it going.
0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM.